What's going on? You're listening to the Running Back Show on 98.5 WJYN, Sports for the Culture. Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson. And once again, you're listening to the Running Back Sports Show. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Chilling, chilling, man. Can't complain. You know, it's another another beautiful Tuesday. It's uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That weather is crazy. Yeah, Got man. me slightly concerned, but I'm happy. I'm not cold. Oh, so it's just not you. So I'm, I'm a little concerned, too. I'm like, okay, well... It's way too nice. It's like 60-degree weather in November. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm confused. Apparently, this is the first time we've reached 80 degrees in November since 1999. Oh, man. Look at you dropping a sword fact. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, meteorologist Mark Thompson right here at your service. Oh, man. Oh, damn. We ain't even get, st- we ain't even get started yet. We ain't even get started. Unless somebody just want to air their grievances. 98.5 WJYN. Hello? This call is from the Department of Social Security Administration. <laughs> and um, listen, I'm sorry. I, I I understand that you got a job to do, but uh, we we don't care about that Social Security. Man. Bro, lose the number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to post all sports, man, then otherwise lose it, man. And uh, Mark, uh, why don't you get that call number for people to tune in? That phone number to join the conversation is two one five seven six three nine five nine six. We got a lot in store for you today. Definitely recapping week nine of the NFL. Um, we're going to be previewing the Eagles and Giants because it's still a tight race in the NFC East, and we're going to be leading around with NFL. So, Chris, you want to open it up? I'm sorry, NBA. My yeah. bad. Yeah, normally, because the NFL is now the only sports show in town, uh, we're going to dive a little NBA, a little, this has been breaking news in regards to the NBA schedule. Yes. Um, why don't you lead it on, man? So this is your domain. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so the NBA, they, they announced that the season will start December 22nd, which gives you a 72-game season. So I'm excited about that. Uh, free agency is finally around the corner, which starts November 22nd, another good thing. And then the draft is, is right before that, which starts uh, November 18th. So we finally got some, you know, some dates for when the NBA is going to start doing something because nothing is like the NBA offseason. So many teams, so many uh, organizations such as the NFL and Major League Baseball, they try really hard to make their offseason as exciting as the NBA offseason is. And it's not even close. It's not it's not comparable whatsoever. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the Woj bombs. Yeah. So it's obvious it's shorter as opposed to, you know, what goes on in the NFL, MLB. NHL. Yep. Everything's a lot more tight knit, close together. Because like, as soon as the draft happens, then you got an NBA free agency, that legal tampering period. Yep. And this year, it's definitely like bang bang right there. The NBA draft is next week. The two days later, free agency starts. Yeah, it's quick. So, so here's the thing about free agency. So ne- negotiations they actually start on November 20th at 6 p.m. So they can start, you know, talking, but they can't put anything on paper until November 22nd. Mm-hmm. So it's literally that week, like before Thanksgiving, our phones are going to be on fire with, you know, trade rumors and huge <laughs> bombs. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait. Make sure your phone is charged. Listen, listen, man, I understand the world's bounce. Can we get Shams a little credit, too? Man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, Shams, he did a report last week that the Sixers were so, showing high interest in James Harden. So, yeah, we can give Shams some, but he it's still it's still woe. Shams is working his way up, though. He's definitely he's definitely in the room, so he's able to, you know, get that insider information for sure. Yeah, indeed. So, so the, the only thing, though, that's kind of, like, stinky about it is, like, for example, right, so teams that didn't make the bubble – they had 285 days of rest, right? Mm-hmm. So then you look at the Lakers and Heat, who only get 71 days of rest. 
So think about that. Like, so are we expecting like the Lakers and the Heat to potentially come off to a slow start, or it's just like, hey, we still good to go because we we just we're doing this. No nah, man, like you said, uh, like numerous times, like there are just some players in the NBA who are just. This is what they do 24-7. They're just straight-up hoopers. Yeah. Everybody on the Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, like, this is what this is their life. LeBron James puts $4 million into his body to make sure that he is oh, in top-notch form. Oh, it's up to $4 mil now? Well, a million, $4 million, I he lose get, track, man. He getting money. I mean, listen, man, you got to clue, like, hairline, hairline <laughs> exceptions included, man. <laughs> you know, right, because this hairline keep magically appearing. Yeah, man, just be making them great comebacks, man. <laughs> right, that's all LeBron is about is comebacks these yeah. days. <laughs> Yeah, but like you said, like also from the Heat, man. Listen, Pat Riley, listen, he don't want no scrubs on his team. Like Jimmy Butler's a Cooper, Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson. Listen, those guys are definitely going to be ready, man. I think Duncan because Riley's like done. once you get because none of those guys have been there before, with the exception of Udonis Haslam, yeah. or, like Andre Iguodala. But once you reach that plateau of like you know what, you were almost there, especially for a guy like Jimmy Butler, he was like, yeah, listen, I got the taste in it. I got the, I just got a, a little bit of a taste. I got to have more of it next time. And and it's a quick turnaround. Like, you don't have to wait. Like, for example, like the Golden State Warriors waiting 285 days versus 71 days. It's like these guys are still ready to go. And for the most part, like when you're talking about teams like L.A. and Miami, all they're doing is essentially adding to their roster and their continuity. These guys, they haven't played with each other in quite some time. You don't know what's going on. Like, we don't know if they were still practicing or anything like that in, in open gyms. I mean, look, I've seen guys like John Wall getting his ball on. Even James Harden has already been playing in pickup yeah. games. So it's like, I don't know what Steph Curry's doing. I've seen Klay Thompson. Seen Clay Thompson doing some things, you know. I, I don't know. I haven't seen any, you know. I haven't seen R.J. Barrett doing anything. Like I'm, I'm just throwing out names now. It's just like oh, I'm not saying like, like nobody checking for R.J. Barrett. Nah, man. nobody checking. But I'm just saying because we live in an age where with with smartphones you can easily see people getting in a nice hoop session at Lifetime Fitness, and you can determine. Like I've seen plenty of Bradley Bill highlight. I'm sorry, not Bradley Bill. Uh, Michael Beasley yeah. highlights to the point. It's like okay, why is he not in the NBA? Because he's just dominating NBA players and pick up ball so it's got me questioning like dang is it him or is it something mental that teams are running away from because that dude is a is an automatic bucket yeah man former number two overall pick yeah i mean the the numbers that he put up in college makes ex like literally no sense but for him to not be on an nba roster eh, it bothers me because i think he can produce like you mean to tell me like the knicks can't use him the knicks can use anybody Listen, it's kind of maybe it's like the Stefan Marbury situation. Maybe the NBA is just not a good fit for him. You saw as soon as Stefan Marbury left the country, he be now he's a legend. Yeah, he's a, a legend. Chinese legend. Yeah, he got statues out there. Yeah, it's so. like it's like Yao Ming Marbury. Yeah, or Marbury Yao Ming, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So maybe it's just him not finding like the right league. I don't think the, maybe the NBA is just not a good fit for him anymore. Maybe he has to go somewhere or go overseas, maybe like Europe League or like a China, right. kind of like Mulberry, to like find somewhere. I mean, to be honest, though, like I, I'll, I'll say this like about his game, for example. He's a, he's a bona fide scorer. He can get a bucket any and everywhere. Yeah. He can score on anybody. He can dribble. He can get to the rack. He can knock down shots. Mm -hmm. Maybe his, his game just doesn't translate to today's NBA game because if you notice in today's NBA's game, there's a lot more ball movement involved. Like there's, It's rare when you see isolation unless you're watching the Rockets, but like other, but that's how the Rockets the are. The Rockets built. are just a bad, or just bad teams with just one, one guy you know is going to be dropping 30. Exactly. So I, that, that's just how they're built, though. So who knows? Maybe that's the reason why he's not.
Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, the draft is definitely going to be next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, there's talks about uh, Minnesota taking James Wiseman with the number one overall pick. Mm. Uh, LaMelo Ball potentially either going to either New York or Detroit uh, per Bavar Ball's interest. So, and obviously, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, you know, the top scorer in the country. I like Anthony Edwards. Like, I, I think he's tough. Like, he has the potential to definitely be something real crazy. I mean, the comparisons that he's already been receiving has been outstanding. And when you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis at your workouts, you must be doing something. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, when I saw that report about uh, the Timberwolves potentially taking Wiseman at the number one, I'm just like. They don't need to do that. Oh, I'm. All right, uh, I got a different take on that. I'm curious to hear yours. Uh, the reason I say they don't need to do that is because they have Carl Anthony Towns. You don't need another big. Like, that's that's clogging the lane. Even though Carl Anthony Towns isn't your traditional big man, but he gets buckets in the post. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can do all that stuff. Rebound, block, et cetera, et cetera. We know what Carl Anthony Towns can do. He's a top five center in the NBA, but James Wiseman also is a big man. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So that's why, like, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, you want either Anthony Edwards or Lamelo Ball. I'm definitely putting uh, emphasis on Anthony Edwards, is because he's a wing player. He he's six five. You can play him at the at the two or the three. He's going to get you some buckets. You already have your point guard in D'Angelo Russell, and you already got your center and Carl Anthony Towns. So if you're looking at building a roster, that's kind of the way you fill it out. You don't want any confusion at any roster spot. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, it can work because Carl Anthony Towns is not a traditional five. If he's a power, f I feel like he's more of a four than a five. He's his game is a lot. More, yeah, he's a lot more of a face up big man than it is he is back to the basket. He's one of the best three point shooting big men we've seen in the league probably since Dirk. So you put Wiseman down in the block, and also not to mention Wiseman to me is a lot better like a rim protector than Carl Anthony Towns. It's like, as soon as I saw that picture with Carl Anthony Towns trying to back down De DeMarcus Cousins, I'm like, yo, get, <laughs> get, 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 get him out. That is funny. That one is always funny. I'm, I'm like, dog, like, listen, you're not a five. Like, go to the four, you know, same thing with Anthony Davis, and, you know, just be a four. Now, one thing I will admit, you do, you do have a point. You have a point there. The only thing I'd say is I feel like that's kind of like how the Sixers messed up. Like, they're going away from the NBA trends. Like, don't get me wrong. It could work. But you're talking about a good point guard who's going to get everybody involved. You're talking about a solid wing player. And then you got a big who just got that paint by himself. Now, then all you need to do is just fill in the holes. Get yourself, uh, let's say uh, Anthony Edwards is the two guard, right? Yeah. Get yourself a solid three and D guy who can play the three, like, I don't know, a Robert Covington or something like that. Just throwing out names. And then at the. Uh, who, did, who they traded. Exactly, who they traded. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to give, like, the prototypical, like, three and D basketball yeah. player that could work for that type of roster to fill them out. And then at the four, you can get yourself, like, a little stretch four. That can, you know, maybe rebound, knock down some threes, and that's not a bad starting lineup. Listen, if you want to listen, I think Edwards like immediately like is a better fit, but I'm I wouldn't be shocked if they pick Wiseman. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. can work. As long as the four and five, their styles don't match, because I think that's where the Sixers messed up. Because when they drafted, you know, Jaleel Okafor, Joel and B and Nerlist well. All of those guys were fives. None yeah. of those guys were able to play power forward. None of those guys were able to play 
off the basket as much as you need them to for like at the power forward position. Joel Embiid can a little bit, but he's a lot more effective like at the five than he is the four. Right. So like Carl Anthony Towns' game is a lot more face up. He can run the floor a lot better. You could do that pick and pop. You know that pick and fade. The pick and fade with a. D'Angelo Russell, James Wiseman, you could just put him down in the block, and you still got two legitimate solid rebounders. I understand, you know, the game is a lot more, you know, pace, a lot more tempo, but Carl Anthony Towns shoots efficiently enough, especially from, like, the 15-footer, even from downtown, so it can work. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. We're we're, we're looking at it from different points of view. All right? Like, I I get 100% where you're going. And I get where you're going, too. (laughs) But I just overall think Anthony Edwards is the better pick. Okay, I'll agree to that. Yeah. But I'm just saying for, that. For, for them. Now, if someone else has the number one overall pick, now we're talking different. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, say James Wiseman does go to Minnesota. I don't think Golden State is trading that number two pick. You got to take Anthony Edwards. Like, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why, for, but for example, say James Wiseman falls number two. He's perfect for Golden State. Mm. He's very perfect for Golden State because now that's that's essentially the team that I just was talking about. You got your point guard. Yeah. You got your two guard. Get yourself a solid 3 and D guy. Draymond Green is already your stretch four. Now you got somebody who's legit banging in the paint who can get you a bucket in the half court outside of Steph and uh, Clay. Yeah. So either either way, it it, it either work. way it works out for the Warriors. <laughs> Truthfully, yeah, and then hey, if it don't work, they can also toss that. Also, trade that. but speaking of the Warriors, how do you feel about you know that rumor of them potentially getting Lamarcus Aldridge? Now, I I like it, I like it. It's just I'm curious whether they is Lamarcus Aldridge a free agent. Uh, I or, think he's got one year left. Got one year left. All right, so now it's like okay, who do they trade to get him? So, I mean, honestly, I like it because LaMarcus Aldridge is and always has been a bucket, especially the years when he was in Portland with, alongside Damian Lillard. You know, he hasn't really had a solid point guard in his quarter since Damian Lillard. Like, what are those guys doing in, in San Antonio? Tony Parker's gone. Uh, what do you got? Derek White. Uh, what's the other Derek name? White. DeAndre Murray. Exactly. So, I, I, won't, I wouldn't call them traditional point guards, even though Steph Curry isn't, but he has the ability to be a pr- traditional point guard because of his playmaking ability and him able being able to stretch the floor with his three-point shooting range i i like lamarcus aldridge joining that team it's just at what cost it's like all right you can either take an old lamarcus aldridge or you can kind of sort of be patient and keep that number two go with james wiseman that you could potentially build around for your future because stephan clay they're not getting any older unless it's like i want to win now I want to run right now, and LaMarcus Aldridge is going to help us win right now. I think the only thing is is that if they do do that deal between Golden State and the Spurs, I think the number two pick is definitely going to be involved. And depending on what Minnesota does, if they do get Anthony Edwards number one, I could definitely see the Spurs, you know, pulling the trigger in that deal. But, yeah, we'll take that number two pick, and they get Wiseman. Mm. And basically. And Greg Popovich gets his num- gets big man number three to you know try to continue the Spurs legacy. Yeah, I mean, and and that's what Greg Popovich loves. He loves having those bigs. So, shoot, who who knows? But I I, I think Lamarcus Aldridge was definitely work because you get him in that high post area and then running the pick and pop with him. He's pretty good on the on the rebounds as well. But I mean, he's not like he's not no Dikembe Mutombo yeah. on defense or anything like that. But he's an absolute bucket, and that's gonna that would once again come in handy playoff time 
when you can get someone outside of Stephen Clay who can get you a bucket in the half court. You know what they're going to give you in transition. Yeah. And you can't always depend on Draymond Green's offensive abilities. Like his defense, his energy, him being annoying is going to be there. I don't know if you can truly depend on him to really give you like those wide open shots to make, but LaMarcus Aldridge on that team can still give you like 17 and 9. Yeah, once again, you listen to Uptown Radio, WJYA 98.5. You're listening to the Running Back Sports Show. And just the spacing alone, off this pick and pop with Curry, Clay, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, even Andrew Wiggins, if you know they don't part with him. Right. So like He works. Yeah. He, he works as a solid. Now, he don't play defense, yeah. but he can play defense. He has the build. Yeah. He has the athleticism. I mean, look. These guys are professionals at the end of the day. I mean, and sometimes we kind of get caught up on how previous teams use these their, those players because that's what we see. Yeah. So I believe he is capable of being a 3 and D athletic wing who can get them buckets in the open court just slashing. He can make some threes when needed. I mean, he's a, like I said, he's a professional. I think even still if they decide to keep him, he works. He got a minute. Um, he came to the league at eighteen. He's still twenty five. So he's wow. Still, he's still, so technically, he hasn't really peaked yet. Yeah. So like, and we've seen players before go to new situations and completely alter their game to what you know what Golden State needs. And what Golden State needs is that they need another rendition of. Obviously, it's not going to be Kevin Durant, uh, but at least what Harrison Barnes gave him because. With Harrison Barnes, you know, you got somebody who shot nearly a high 30%, you know, near 40% from the three-point clip. Yeah. You got a solid defense. So yeah. Harrison Barnes wasn't it. He he didn't really pan out from from coming from North Carolina. It just just never really worked. Yeah. No, it didn't. But, you know, those two those last two years before up getting traded, n- not not traded, I'm um, leaving for Dallas, uh, he was more than enough. He got uh, in the van. He was part of that championship team. And yeah. Got them 79. Of course. Got them to 73 and 9, you know, before they blew that 3 1 lead. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins needs to, you know, be the second coming of what he was during the draft. No. I'm just saying that for what he needs, like, listen, just play solid defense and just knock down an open bucket in which Clay and, Clay and Stafford. And I'd say slash because Harrison Barnes couldn't even put the ball on the floor. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So Andrew Wiggins definitely gives you a different dynamic if needed. Yes. That's if they keep him. Mm-hmm. So another uh, interesting topic. So um, Chauncey Billups, he finally got a he got a coaching job. Yeah. He's uh on a, yep he's on the Clippers, uh, coaching staff alongside with uh, Larry Drew and they you know Tyron Lue ended uh, up being Drew, there former former coach for the Hawks. Right? Yep, exactly. So um, how you feel about that? Chauncey Billups finally getting an opportunity. I like Chauncey Billups a lot. I like uh, him too. I've. I think if you would ask, like, who was, you know, the driving force of that 04 Pistons team, I think I'd be hard-pressed to either say it was either Ben Wallace or Chauncey Billups. Yeah, yeah. I I would go more of Chauncey Billups for sure, though. Yeah. I mean, Ben Wallace on defense, absolutely. Mr. Big Shot. For sure. So, I think him breaking into the league, finally getting an opportunity to coach in, coaching a perennial playoff team, which the Clippers have been for the past several years, and it's up to – Listen, obviously, you you pick one of the toughest coach teams to co- to be a part of the coaching staff, or obviously, you know, because of what happened last year. Yeah. But it's it's good to see a guy like Chauncey Billups who's been around the league, who's paid his dues. He deserved it. I think he deserved it. Yeah. You know, and he he's a fresh face. Yes. You know, if Steve Nash can get an opportunity, yeah. Why can't Chauncey Billups? And and Chauncey Billups is a former NBA champion, as you mentioned. Yes. So there's a number of things that Chauncey Billups can bring to you. Wasn't he working in someone's front office for a minute, too? I forgot. Well, he was trying to. Yeah. I know he's been trying to get a gig ever yeah. since he's been on ESPN and everything. Yeah. I, he's he's well-deserving of it. Now, what, one thing I do think 
though, and and we just talked about this a moment ago. You said, um, what Westbrook is on the block now? Who's yes. showing interest in Westbrook? Uh, Clippers and the uh, Knicks. All right. So hypothetically, right? Because it's been reported that um, the Clippers they they want a traditional point guard alongside Kawhi. So that probably means PG's out, it, it, especially if they're eyeing Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That probably means Paul George is out. So I, I think that could possibly work. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to lead to anything. No, I'm no, no. I'm, 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 I just think it's hilarious that the uh, Paul George left to like get to like get away from Russell Westbrook. So, and now so they say, yeah. So now anybody gets swapped. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, it's interesting, but what you think about the Knicks taking Westbrook? I think the Knicks work better. Yeah. Because with the Clippers, think about it. They traded every single possible. Pick. Dra- draft pick they can to make this Kawhi Leonard Paul George you know duo happen. Yeah. So I think the Knicks have a lot more to offer in terms of draft capital and like even so like for like a young player in there like a Mitchell Robinson because they don't have Mitchell some- Robinson tough though. Yeah. That like he he's a he's a difference maker. Yeah. So like you don't they don't have a center right now. So like Kim getting like you know like a top. Like a top five pick and like a Mitchell Robinson, those are good building blocks, you know, for Houston, you know, to. I'll tell you one thing though: New York City would definitely love Russell Westbrook. His energy and what he brings on the basketball court, he would definitely. You, you gotta sell tickets. And... Oh, that would put butts in the seats. Yeah. I mean, they put butts in the seats with bums now, but. Nah, nah. The yeah, I mean, even like even... I mean, like here's the thing: like not, uh, the Madison Square Garden, it is a bumping as you used to be. Like, yo, you're trying to see Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith, and uh... I'm good, bro. Yeah, no, I'll pass. I'm no, not. Like, yo, you trying to see Russell Westbrook? That's that's like that's like us going to go see the Philadelphia Bluecoats. Like, I'll go. Delaware Bluecoats. Yeah, that's yeah. You know what I mean? No, like that was like <laughs> yeah, that was like you know a few years ago. It was like yo, you trying to see Tony Roten? Nah, I'm good, bro. When the, when bro, I remember there was one time during that horrible process when I had got some free tickets. And we was on the nosebleeds. <laughs> we got a caller who's on the hotline. You think it's the real hotline? Nah. Dang, just hang up on them. Yeah, nah. It's a it, it literally like caller literally says, "Man, but continue your story." Oh, anywho, <laughs> so I had got some uh, free tickets. I was at the nosebleeds. Like yeah. I remember they were playing the Pistons. A lot of you not. That was the highest I had ever been at the Wells Fargo Center. Like I put my hand up and I could literally touch That's the, the ceiling. ceiling. Like I was that high. But the funny part about it is like I looked at the tickets and it really said zero. Like zero dot zero zero. Like there was no cost for them. Like they were legit free. Like they were giving out tickets. Like I thought that was one of the wildest things. But then it's like, well I get it. I mean look at where I'm sitting number one and it's look how bad this team is. I mean at what least what year was this <laughs> I don't know, bro. Maybe between 2012 and 15 when we were bad. Who was the point guard? Was it Michael Carter-Williams? Isaiah King? I don't remember, bro. I was so high up, I couldn't see. I don't remember who was on. Probably. (laughs) I don't remember who was on the roster. I'll tell you one thing, though. They they did get my money because I'm pretty sure I paid for parking, which is, you know, regular. And I'm pretty sure I definitely went to Chickies and Pete's and probably got a beer. So even though the tickets was free, I still probably... Left out like fifty in the hole. No, I think the funniest thing is like when I was in school, um, uh, well, I was in Burroughs at the time. Yeah, and like I got a call. Uh, it was like one of the Sixers. Friends. He was like, he's like, hey, uh, yeah, we're. He's like, they pretty much told us like the, the same Hinky spiel. Like, yeah, we're gonna be going through a process. He was like, yeah, Yo, you want some season tickets? I'm just like, yeah. How much you charging? 
Because, like, they're charging, like, you know, like starting at, like, $100, and I'm like, hold on. You pretty much told me that you guys are going to be terrible for the years. Yeah, you want me to put money into this product? Like, no. Right. Like, I understand, like, you got to do your job and everything, but I'm like, this is a horrible sales pitch. Yeah, no. Bro, no. <laughs> I, I, anyway, uh, I don't, uh, don't want to relive those. Yeah, no. Oh. I, I'll, I'll go to StubHub. I'll buy those $6 tickets. Facts. But, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying season tickets for this. Yo, speaking speaking of StubHub, yo, I was, um, I was watching, so, you know, you and I, we're wrestling fans. Yes. I've been watching, like, old Survivor Series matches and stuff because, you know, they're coming Survivor Series in a couple weeks. Yeah. But it had me thinking, like, man, I really, really miss live events. Like, when this COVID thing is over, one of the first things I'm definitely doing is going back to a live event, especially a Sixers game. I used to snipe tickets for the low off StubHub. Yeah. Like, quality tickets, like, good seats for, like, almost 25 a pop or less. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to be in those situations. I remember the, uh, one of the, I think it was the last game I went to. Uh, it was when Ben Simmons, he had his career high yeah. against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he banged a the three. three. When I tell you that place, you would have thought we won the NBA championship. I remember that place was an utter uproar. Like, it was crazy. And then it was such a blowout, right? Yeah. The blowout was so crazy that we were able to go over to Xfinity Live and get in for free because it was so early because the Sixers were up like 35, 40 at the end of the third. So I'm like, oh, there's no way the Cavs are coming back because they're terrible. So, yeah, let's hit Xfinity Live. And it was probably one of the best experiences I had. And then COVID happened. I, I really also do miss, you know, those live events. I think one of the better live events that I've been a part of mm-hmm. was NXT at the Tower Theater. Oh, they, they did there? Yeah. As, you mean 69th Street? Yes. They had NXT there? At, at Tower Theater. How, yeah. the, how is that building still standing after that? I, I don't know, but you know, it, 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 it was such like, it was it was an amazing time. Like, uh, one of my friends, uh, Ty Dillinger, like when he was still with the company, he's yeah. now Sean Spears at AEW. Oh, you know him? Oh, no, uh, my friends did. He, oh, got, okay. he got them hot chocolate, you know, before, like, the event. Got you, got but, you. But, like, it was, like, me and, like, my two other homies, like, uh, it was, like, a February event. And uh, it was, like, the debut date. Obviously, like, you know, house shows, like, especially on NXT, like, they try to, like, do, like, new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I went to two of them. And, like, the two people that I specifically remember the most is that the first one we went to, we booed the crap out of Elias. <laughs> like, he got so much heat that night. And I'm just like... All right, listen, we gave you the rub. Yeah. So, like, run with it. And then the next one, um, it was Sanity, and, like, it was, like, these guys. So, I was just like, wait, hold on. Why did he? it was, like, Montez Ford and uh, Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, we were just looking at him. I was just like, dog, did he just go to Foot Locker right across the street and, like, get their gear? Because <laughs> it, it does look tacky. Yeah. Like, even to this day, their, their gear still looks super tacky. Yeah. Can't but, stand it. Yeah, but the funny thing is that, like, he had red shoes, and, like, we didn't know who, who this guy's name was. Right. But, like, we just got can't chain, like, red shoes, red shoes, red shoes. Hey, hey, we want some red shoes. <laughs> yup, dude, that's definitely one of the WWE chants for sure. Yeah. Um, Another one, this was the Eagles game. Yeah. This, oh, my God. So, all right, so I got blessed. All right, so. um. Oh, but, hold on real quick. Go uh, for once it. again, we're live on uh, WJYN 98.5. Uh, we're talking about we're missing live events, guys. Yes, we, we miss live events. So, call in right now. Tell us uh, one of your best live and experiences ever. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you want to give that call in number? That phone number is two one five seven six three nine five nine six. We've kind of you know swayed off topic a little bit, but right now, like definitely live events is something that I miss, especially since COVID has happened. I I miss them dearly. 
for sure. Yeah. But nah, so it was the Eagles game last year, right? It was during that um that that four game winning streak stretch, mm-hmm. right? So um I was at, at my old job and one of my clients had hooked me up with like some of their season tickets. They're like, Look, Mark, I don't think I'm gonna go because like it's gonna rain that night. And at first I'm like, Oh, I'm good, I'll pass and I'm like, wait a minute. I sat there for like an hour. I'm like, wait, did I just pass up free Eagles tickets? I'm like, am I okay? I called her right back up. I'm like, yeah, I'll take them. Took uh, my homies. First off, the game was fire. The game was fire, but it was the game against the Giants, who we have coming up. Oh, so it was the Monday Nighter. It was the overtime game when it was raining and Zach Ertz scored that touchdown, oh. that game-winning touchdown. Yo, that atmosphere was fire, but that rain was relentless. It was it was bad. Cold, rainy, everything. Like, it was, it was definitely a blast. Now, two years ago, um, this was actually Nick Foles' last regular season home start in Philadelphia. Oh, against, before, before he got benched for Carson? Uh, yeah. So, it was against the Houston Texans. Uh, my friend at the time, um, he was friends with defensive basketball uh, coach uh, Corey Unlin. So, I went to the game with him, and I got, like, field passes. So, I got to, you know, see, like, uh, Darren Sproles, like, up close in personal. I saw, nice. like, J.J. Y. Uh, I saw Deshaun Watson, like, right down the field. And, like, up, the game was great. So, like, we ended up in the uh, – we ended up uh, close to, uh, you know, the friends and family section up the Eagles. And, uh, we like, we got, like, a bird's-eye view of, you know, the game-winning field goal there. Yeah. So, like, after the game, um, we uh, we went to the parking lot. Um, we was, like, you know, like, celebrating with, like, the coaches and whatnot. Like, it – and, like, it was December 23rd, but, like – Cold. Yeah, it was cold, but – uh. It was a nice birthday gift that I got. So that's like, dope, man. Yeah. So like it, the fact that I got, I paid like you know last minute like ninety dollars for these tickets. I ended up in the uh, the section that I want to. I ended up with press passes. I ended up seeing the Eagles win, Blessings. keeping their playoff li- hopes alive, and got to celebrate with the coaches. Like it was it was a great experience. Yeah, I, I I love it, man. The the funniest part though, like so you know when you're at the Eagles game, right, and you run out to like grab a snack. Yeah. Every time, I swear, like, every time I run out and grab a snack, all of a sudden the fireworks are going off. I'm like, oh, I missed a touchdown. I'd be hot because. Oh, oh, are you one of those superstition guys? Uh, it depends. It dep- Like, I, when it comes to the games, yes, I am. Like, okay. there's certain eagles. Like, for example, right, so um, I got one of my, uh, like, so my mom's boyfriend, right, yeah. he's a Cowboys fan. And for Christmas, he got me. Why did she do that? I don't know. I think about it every day. <laughs> but it's cool. He cool people's though. So for Christmas, right? Yeah. He always will get me like some Eagles gear. And I'd be a little skeptical about wearing it because I'm like, it's coming from a Cowboys fan. Like I just don't know. <laughs> so so uh one year he got he got me like this little zip up. It was like it's it's dope. Don't get me wrong, it's fire. Like I love it. Eagles zip up, right? I wore it to this one I wore it watching a game. We got blitzed. I don't think I wore it again. Like, I really do not think I wore it again. So, like, I do, like, so, for example, the last, I think the last Eagles game we won, I wore my Eagles t-shirt. So, I'm like, oh, I'm going to wear it again Sunday. Maybe they'll win. So, when it comes, yes, I am superstitious when it comes to Eagles. <laughs> so, I think the last time I wore this hoodie during a game, we lost. So, I have not worn this hoodie during a game because I got two black Eagles hoodies. Yeah. So, it, it just depends on what happens. Like, whatever we win in, that's what I wear on Sundays until we lose. And I'll switch. I don't know. Like when it comes to the Eagles, it's always it it just fluctuates way way too much. <laughs> like I remember like that Super Bowl run and that game against Atlanta. Like like me and my homies like we went down to my job down in Barmese, and uh, one of our friends like Aaron like he left to like go to the bathroom, 
And that second half, like, that was when, like, you know, Steve decided to use, like, the RPO. And, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, we're moving the ball. That like, as soon as he came, came back, back, I'm like, I'm like, yo, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you, you, you got to watch. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, you see that hallway right there with the steps? Yeah. Go, go out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get like, lost. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see something. <laughs> and, like, apparently, like, I, I was in control. So, like, everybody was looking at me. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Yo, yo go back. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, go back, go back real quick. Right. <laughs> And every time he went back, yeah. moving the ball down the field. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, look, since we're talking Eagles, let's get into this preview. Yeah, definitely. They got, they got the Giants coming up. What, what, what time is that game? Uh, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock game. Cool. That's where it needs to be. I don't yeah, need, just, a, just I don't need another prime time sloppy mess again. Like, I don't need it. But I, I think mean, we only have two prime time games left. Okay. Okay. Actually, you know what? Can you pull up the schedule real quick? Because I, I want to I wanna see because I know you're still hoping, what, 9-6-1, right? I got wings on the line, which is why I have to stick with 9-6-1. Yeah, pull up the schedule again because okay. I, I want to see how realistic again, but we're also getting healthier. Yes, You know, absolutely. Alshon Jeffrey is finally going to play. Yes. Uh, we, we already had Dallas Goddard last week, but I thought he was more of a decoy, but I feel like he's actually yeah, going to be used more. Yeah, Lane Johnson got two weeks extra rest. Isaac Sayamala got activated for the A lot of rest. Uh, for the 21 um, window period from IR. Jalen Rieger came back, so he's got an extra two weeks off. Uh, we're getting healthy at the right time, and yeah. especially with the second half schedule, we got the Giants coming up. Yep. Then we got Cleveland. Then we got Seattle on Monday night. I believe that's Monday night. Yeah, that's my and, and Seattle, man, they even though we don't beat them, and that's my other team, yeah. we ain't gonna forget that. They're looking beatable. Yeah. Packers, then the Saints. Saints are not looking beatable. <laughs> They're on a five game win streak. Listen. Styles make fights. That's true. You, listen, listen. Just because they're just because you blow out somebody here doesn't mean it it it, fo- it, it means for anything else. And I've got Arizona, then Dallas in Arlington, and then we finish, which will probably be for the division against the Washington football team. Well, how about that? <laughs> Two, and it's crazy. Two divisional games to close out the season. Yeah. And uh, I picked, and in order for me to, you know, win this bet against our fellow colleague Langston, they have to win six out of their next eight. Mm. The crazy thing is, oh, man, I, I can't stand making these predictions with this team. They, they stress me out so much. Yeah. The crazy thing is, if since we're getting healthy at the right time it could happen and the thing is is that the most important thing is that the offensive line is getting healthy yes that's important but all right so the offensive line may be getting healthy but what about Carson Wentz's decision making is that any better because this dude be looking like a deer in in the headlights that's that's it's it's frustrating like I I know we, we talk about this every week we know he's playing hero ball but like all these ain't hero ball plays bro yeah I know like Seeing, seeing like the way that some of these other quarterbacks play and how simple it is to them already, and just seeing Carson Wentz act like he's on a freaking yeah, I know it's <sighs> it's a little jealousy. It's like you watch guys like Patrick Mahomes, you guys watch like Aaron Rodgers, you watch like Drew Brees. So like, graceful, yeah. That's even, the word that comes to my mind. Even yeah. even seeing like their offense, I'm like, why can't we just? It's not like it's not difficult. Even the Cardinals, they they lost against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins is definitely. Um, they're five and three right now. I believe they have the last playoff spot locked in right now. But crazy, Kyler Murray had nearly four hundred all-purpose yards. He had up over hundred yards rushing and four touchdowns. But I think the one thing is that when this offensive line is healthy, it's. I don't think we had a healthy offensive line probably since that Super Bowl run, right. and I think that definitely matters. And the you know especially us running the football. And my thing is is that. I really hope Doug Peterson, in terms of offensive line, he goes like this. Malaya goes back to left guard. 
Fair. Sayamalu, Kelsey, Peters goes to right guard. Okay. And then Lane Johnson. If that's our offensive line going forward, Barry, please for goodness sake, just stay healthy. Right. <laughs> and we might we might even be getting Brooks back. Yes. Because he's he's a freak. Yeah. So. But I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, listen, the major, obviously, the major concerns is probably like the Saints and like the Packers, even the, even the Cardinals. I don't even think the Packers concern me anymore. As the season is going on, the Packers aren't as concerning. Like I know Aaron Rodgers is your boy. Yeah, no, I know. But they just ah. don't. They don't like like because now we have enough on all the teams where we know their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And I'm not re- like like I'm not really phased by them that much anymore. Yeah. Like, especially when we were playing bad. Like yeah. there's some things that we were able to build on as a team. Yeah. We aren't quite there yet. We know that, and our record clearly shows it. But like we know what we can do. Like for example, Seattle. They're really good. Great. Russell Wilson is still leading an MVP race, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, Russell Wilson's great. The rest of it, DK that's Metcalf, it. DK Metcalf that's is it. great, but that's it. That's about it. So that that doesn't scare me that much anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, their defense ain't all that because they'd be giving up points. Yeah. So doesn't it's and just like, literally Russell Wilson. So they don't, they don't drive me and crazy. And obviously two out of these last three games, Russell Wilson – isn't looking on, a little pedestrian. Yeah, isn't on his P's. still look much better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, but if he isn't on his P's and Q's, then like it's bad news for Seattle. They don't win. Yeah, yeah, and that, and it's starting to show that now. Look at the Browns. No, no Odell. He's out. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about that threat potentially beating us. Yeah, but Nick Chubb is coming back. That's fine, but we do well against the run. Yeah, we're truly designed to stop the run. So yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really sweat about that. And the Saints are actually, they're getting a groove. Yeah. They're finally getting Michael Thomas back. Alvin Kamara is a beast. Uh, Drew Brees is looking good. So, that, that like, the, the ones that we predicted losses in the, in the beginning could possibly not be. Like, we were already saying, like, okay, Green Bay and Seattle, based on how they were playing about three weeks ago, like, oh, man, they could get us. Now, uh, I think we can get them. The teams I would be concerned about now are the Saints and the Cardinals. Here's the thing is, is that after what I saw up this team did against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, even with the amount of turnovers that they had, the amount of times that Carson Wentz shot himself in the foot, we were still in position to win those games. Crazy. So if listen, if this listen, we're getting healthy at the right time, and Carson Wentz just needs to remind himself of just like because I watch this guy up strong opinionated sports, and like he broke it down perfectly. It was like. Carson Wentz is trying to be Superman, but sometimes there's just no need for you to be Superman. Just take what the def- just take what the offenses give you. Like if you got like a quick out, you got like a quick slant, just dump it off. So let me tell you something that grinds my gears with Carson Wentz. It uh, it makes me go insane. So I look at other teams, right? I was watching some of the Colts game, right? I see Phillip Rivers. He's at the line. He's calling out the defense. He's calling out this. He's calling out that. He's calling out this. He's calling out that. I've never seen Carson Wentz do that. Every time Carson Wentz gets to the line of scrimmage, there's literally five seconds left, and he hikes. Why does he? He's not able to read defenses. Like, what's the problem? No, no, no. Uh, 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 listen, uh, like before the snap, he can't read defenses. Like, what's the issue? No, I do see him go like kill, kill, which is mean like everybody kill kills. He ain't saying, oh, this linebacker's coming down here. He's not saying, watch out for this. He's okay, not calling thing, out though. that. Is that is that just like Carson Wentz or that also Doug Peterson not getting the play down at the right time? That's a combination of both. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. And it, and it's frustrating. Yeah, I, I can't stand I'll, it. I'll never forget like the Sunday night game where it was the first thing going there. Jalen Hurts tried to do like some wildcat package, 
and like they couldn't get the playoff and they got to delay a game. Right. And I and I wouldn't put that all on Jalen Hurts. No, I wouldn't at all. So it, that's another thing. Like, so so does he not have the mental capacity to read defenses? Like, what is it? I don't I don't understand it. It, it like Peyton Manning like used to go up to the line of scrimmage and literally create a play on the spot based on what he saw the defense do. And that's why, and that's what made him so great. That's why he was able to move the ball so effectively. You see Tom Brady do it. Aaron Rodgers does it. They all do it. Why has Carson Wentz, especially in his fifth season, not been able to do anything like that? Russell Wilson does it now too. Like all the elite like quarterbacks do it. So so what? What's the what's the issue? That's what I want to know. And it's frustrating. I soon soon as I sat down and watched that game and I saw Philip Rivers get to the line of scrimmage and just start doing this, I'm like, why can't Carson Wentz do that? Does he not have the mental capacity to do that? Like why? Like they're not getting like I mean we'd be okay in no huddle, but we don't know huddle anymore. I, I don't think I've seen any no huddle from the Eagles this season. I got you speechless. I mean, I mean, are you are you are you asking me or just all of it? I'm just frustrated. Okay, I'm about to say like I I I'm not sure. I like, know you ain't got the answers. I mean, you ain't got the answers. I'm just like, do you want me to speak on this, or you just want me to vent? Because like, I know we're vent. I know when a brother needs to vent, I'll just let you vent. I just kind of, I just, I, that was a venting moment. I was frustrated. I'm, I'm good now. I literally feel like my body just got lighter from that moment. But that, man, if it wasn't for that list up there, man, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you some things, man. <laughs> Wait, wait till we're off air. <laughs> I, I, I will make sure the mics are off. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I don't think it's a fact that I don't think it's Carson has the mental capacity. I think it's the fact that he's just trying to do too much, and I think that's all it is. I don't think it's the fact that he's stupid. I don't think it's the fact that he can't decipher or read defenses. I think like when it's just like when he sees the lack of talent on the offensive line, where he sees the fact that. Who is he throwing it to? He feels like he has to make up everything in just one big play. And I'm just like, listen, you got Greg Ward wide open in the middle of the field on a fourth. Just just throw it to him and just trust him. Because yeah. the one thing that's like, I watch a lot of that 2017, like during that four game win that that four game win streak they did at the at the end, at the end of the season. Uh, we, we got a comment. Uh, one one guy's listening. He was like, Yo, just let him vent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm okay. done. I'm done. But, but I was watching. I'm just like Carson Wentz steps back, and he, the ball's like immediately right out of his hands. Like, and like I watched that Dallas game that he had last year. Like he went for 31 for 40. Uh, he was patient. He let the play develop, and it was right out of his hands. Who and was he throwing to? He was throwing to Greg Ward, JJ, I think, a white side, Dallas Goddard. So what's the problem? The, it's that's I, what, that's what I don't get. No, like like I said, like he doesn't take what the defense gives him. I it's. A combination of play calling. It's a play call. It's a combination of also injuries, and it's also the play. And it's also the fact that, like I said, Carson Wentz is trying to do way too much on one play to try to make up everything in one play for the lack of what he's working with. Just, just take what the defense gives you. If you see Miles Sanders or Boston Scott wide open in the flat, and that's the play, just do that. You don't got to simple. Yeah, you just don't got to run around for fifteen seconds and try to do like this. Uh, and ESPN top ten sports player of the week. That's what he be trying to do. 
And it it just doesn't work for it, him. Yeah, it it's 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 burned this team way too much. Because if you cut the turnovers but in half, then you're pro- we're probably at five three and one instead of. Yes, and, and we and we probably are, but unfortunately we're yeah, not. Well, yeah, that's the reality of the situation. Is sadly, yeah. um, let me let me ask you this. Hold on, this, I'm just I'm just pulling up something real quick on Carson. Uh, are you, are you, is this an actual question, or you just want, or you just want to vent more? No, I think I'm done venting. I'm done venting. The only thing I'll say, I'll leave it at this before I ask you the question, is that Carson Wentz has only thrown for over 300 passing yards one game this season. Anywho, that was against the Giants, who we play again this Sunday. What do you think? What do you think is going to be the difference from that first game against the Giants to now? Like, what adjustments do you think they're going to make going in? I think. It's a combination of the offensive line getting healthy. Miles Sanders is back. And Carson Wentz is a definitive rapport with these receivers now. He's been working with Greg Ward for an entire season now. Alshon Jeffrey has been there. He's going to be targeting the red zone. Uh, Travis Fulgham has definitely developed himself into wide receiver one, like Carson Wentz's first option. Dallas Goddard, obviously that one game where he did come back. He only had one catch for 16 yards. So I think Dallas Goddard is coming back healthy and – Refresh. So there's going to be a lot more options for Carson Wentz to, you know, you know, choose from. And the offensive line is definitely more fortified. But in the end, it's just up to him. It's like, listen, if they're running a simple concept like a drag route, if you're just running like a quick slant, just just do the simple things that win football games. Because when you add all the simple things, the simple minor things like a third and three, you run like a pick play and you got like a slant to Jeffrey in the middle, that counts to winning the football game. Nobody's going to really remember you trying to do a 50-yard bomb to John Hightower, which is eventually going to get picked off. Right. So just do the simple things. And that's all what it's – especially like now in the, top, in the second half of the season where you're facing one, two, three, four, five teams with – who are above 500 or 500 or better. Yeah. So we're not going to need Superman. We just need you to do the simple things. Take what the defense gives you. Don't turn the ball over. And if that happens, then the defense has been playing a lot better. You mm-hmm. know, the defense has. Yeah. So like Brandon Graham is one of the lead, was one of the top sack leaders. Fletcher Cox has definitely been, you know, been making his presence known. And shout out to Darius Slay. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, he's definitely been, you know, that lockdown corner. He hasn't had an interception all season, but his They're ability, not throwing to him. Yeah. But you're not <laughs> you're not gonna get any interceptions if the ball's not gonna get thrown to you. And we're definitely gonna need you because we're gonna be against Jarvis Landry. We're gonna be against DK Metcalf. Yep. We're gonna be against Devontae Adams, Adams. Yep. Michael Thomas and Andre Hopkins. Amari <laughs> so, Cooper. Amari Cooper. And you can take a break against Washington. No, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yeah, no, Terry McLaurin is tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean Hey, those are, those are awesome. Some stud wide receivers that we're about to face going forward. Like it's, Matt and and good thing Odell Beckham is isn't playing. Yeah, because then who's guarding Jarvis Landry? Yeah, because you know, Darius Slay is definitely going to take the assignment of Odell Beckham. Yeah, but listen, the only advice I got for the Philadelphia Eagles: do the simple things that win football games, and don't let Nate Gary touch the field. You're you're fine with Alex Singleton and uh, T.J. Edwards. Those are your linebackers going forward, and that's all you need to do. <laughs> one one thing I'll say, like adjustments needed for this game. Believe it or not, like I, from what you're saying, I feel like y- your your point of view is okay. They all need to get healthy. They're going to be healthy, so it's going to be smooth. Me, I'm not quite sold on the whole healthy thing. I feel like this is more on Carson Wentz. Like I'm really like. 
I'm putting him under a microscope for sure. The defense shows up, but Carson Wentz, you can't be having four turnovers in a game. Like, come on, that's that's unacceptable. Like the, when you like Alex Smith, those turnovers that he had that game, and he only played three quarters. That was a mess. That 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 was a mess. And it's like this is what our quarterback does. Meanwhile, Alex Smith, his leg was darn near decapitated. Carson Wentz is cool. Like, he's okay. So, it I, it really comes down to Carson Wentz. If we're getting healthy, then there should be no excuse for Carson Wentz. If we're, if we're getting if we're getting Alshon, Miles, every, when's Zachary is coming back? I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, like That prep said four to six weeks. I believe it was so three weeks ago. He might be, yeah, he might be a couple he, weeks he away. Be, yeah, he might be a couple weeks away. But who knows? Maybe sooner rather than later. Maybe later. But, listen, regardless, it's just two simple things. Uh, stay healthy and do the simple things. If you do the simple things, because one thing, like, I watch a lot of football, I played a lot of football, the simple things that you do that don't show up in the stat sheet win your football games nine times out of ten. Facts. I just need, and I, and I never say this because it's always the reverse, but in this situation, I need Doug to play checkers, not chess, because he's terrible at chess. He he like he get he gets in checkmate with his opening move like nah bro just uh, we're gonna keep it simple all right if there's a piece in front of you you jump it all right we're gonna leave it there yeah. I want it to be simple as possible yeah so and if the season ended today here's how it would go down the Saints will be the number one seed they would have the first round by Seattle will be two Green Bay will be three and the Eagles will be a division winner so they'll have that so they host a <laughs> playoff game. Oh my God. Uh, followed by Tampa Bay, Arizona, and the Rams. On the outside looking in, the Chicago Bears and the 49ers. So the season ended today. The Philadelphia Eagles will be hosting a cold January football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh my God, we get blitzed. We would get blitzed. I, I don't. I don't know. Like the way I saw on Sunday night, that may be. Well, yeah, I don't know what happened. Right, you know what? Listen, I think that's definitely a perfect segue. Let's to, get to uh, it. Yeah, man. Let's talk about a week nine uh, recap, and uh, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers let's because leave. it looked bad. And you know what? Because you you know I be sports betting. Yeah. You know how much money I put? It wasn't a whole lot, but I had put mad money on Tampa Bay, and they let me down. Not only did they let me down. Didn't they only score three points? Three points. Three man. freaking points. And that was that was unacceptable. Like uh, how with that high power offense that you have, that makes zero sense. Yeah, but to the credit, let's give credit also to Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator for the Saints. He's part of a perfect game plan. Yeah, um, he the was first ready. four, the first four uh, series for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they all went three and out. Mm. Um, Michael Thomas coming back um, healthy. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. Looks like another caller. Who's on the hotline? Um, you're uh, hello. You're live on WJYA 98.5 Running Back Sports Show. What's up, boy? Hey, Dad. How's it going? What's up, Mr. Norris? Hey, what's up, kid? How you feeling? Good, good. <laughs> so, tell me something. What's the topic of the day? Uh, <sighs> well, first we were. I was just venting about why Carson Wentz can't recognize defenses before the snap. So I was upset about that. Then we were talking about our favorite live events that we've gone to before COVID and how we miss them. Yeah, well, as far as Carson reading defenses and everything, hey, look, man, everybody has a bad year. I'm not ready to give one the wins wagon just yet, okay? And let's face it, there are a lot of famous Hall of Fame quarterbacks out there. That they gave, if their teams gave up on them, you know, when they were having a bad year and everything, I mean, how many Super Bowls did they have? In 2017, who knows? Who knows? If Carson ain't got hurt, who knows what would have happened? That's Might true. Still won a Super Bowl. Okay? 
he might not have lost his confidence. He might. Have, I mean, I still say that that injury messed him up. Okay, and then him getting sucker punched by Jadavian Clowney last year that <laughs> messed him up too. Okay, because he's not Carson right now. As I'm saying, Carson went like you know three quarters away through the season in 2017. He's not going to go back to that. If he's going to go back to that and everything, it's going to be a long, drawn out, painful process. But I still got faith in the winch wagon. What do you guys say? I'm I'm still on it, but it, it's getting difficult. It, it's getting difficult when I see him. I just don't understand the regression. Like I get. We don't have those weapons. I understand that you may not be as athletic as you were in 2017 when you were an MVP candidate, but I feel like with with him supposed to be coming in as a very smart, high IQ quarterback, I feel like he should be able to mentally make those adjustments. Like, okay, look, I may not be able to you know, go ahead and take off like that. Maybe the coach would recognize. Maybe we put him more in rollout situations, give him a little bit more time so we can find guys down the field course those guys down the field have to get open for him to even make those passes you know or or situations where you know you can do some slant passes or learn to look at your check down guys like I feel like there's so many things that could be easily done that a veteran quarterback would recognize but Carson Wentz is just still just trying to be Superman which in some games I love it but in some games it's like bro you did not need to do that I think it's just a combination of I think you hit the head on a few weeks ago, Dad, that uh, after 2017, when uh, John D. Filippo and Frank Wright left, they never adequately replaced him. So I think it's a combination of also coaching and also Howie Roseman uh, not doing what he needs to do also in the draft, not hiring in like management-wise, and also making sure that Carson Wentz has everything that you need to also succeed as well. Okay, and you guys also have to remember, uh, Carson has no running game right now. That's very true. Okay. Miles Sanders, great was on the field, but he turned out turned out to be like another long list of uh, Penn State quarterbacks, no, Penn State um, running backs that get hurt on side. All right. Um, I'm, I'm tired. Look, Boston Scott's a nice player. He's his first, but um, not a, he's not a bell cow back. No. Okay. Corey Coleman has been the same since school year. Yeah. And the guys they got, I mean, so that's going to be enough. That's going to have to be like another like little area that we have to improve on coming off season. And once again, Howie, you know, he missed you know he missed the boat because there were available running backs out there. That he just had to go draft him. Mm-hmm. You know, Devontae Freeman, you know, Devontae yep. Freeman, like you know, among others. And you know, he missed. I mean, he chose not. And how if he filled on get Super Bowl year that was built for free agents, predominantly free agents. How he still has nailed draft. I don't know how long it's Yeah, I agree. I like man, going back to it when we had Lou Garrett Blunt and Jay Ajahi that Super Bowl year, like I that's things that you miss. I mean, and you mentioned Devontae Freeman, we missed out on that. Shoot, we could have took old Adrian Peterson. He's still kinda productive in Detroit, but it's like we can't we can't we don't have a power running back whatsoever. Because if we had one, Carson wouldn't do a QB sneak every time it's anything in one. Well, we haven't had power back since, you know, Blunt. Yeah. And I keep on I mean I keep on looking. And I keep on looking at the free, the free, the undrafted college players. I mean, there are guys out there, you know, but they want to hang on to hopeful Miles Sanders. And, you know, he's a good, like, he's great. He's going to be a good player, but he's not on the field long enough. Mm-hmm. And this team this year has been decimated by injury. And when you're decimated by injury, that is where your draft picks come into force. 
our draft picks. I mean, where? I mean, really? I mean, where's he? Where's how he hit on? Yeah, that's tough. What? what who? What, Lane Johnson was the last he hit on. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. I mean, you could say Carson. Carson. I mean, Carson. That kind of that kind of goes without saying. But I was talking about like you know for depth, not just starting just for depth. Yeah, we st- we still don't know about Andre Dillard. We see flashes from Jalen Rager, but other than that, like. No, uh, Howie hasn't really hit in the draft. That's why I would always get upset when it come around trade deadline because it's like we holding on to all these picks. We don't even draft, and then you see like the price that guys get teams for, like like uh, like uh, that teams are getting players for. Like wasn't Stefan Diggs like like for like a third round pick? First round, uh, DeAndre Hopkins went for a second and the fourth. Wow, we so we didn't have a second and the fourth for DeAndre Hopkins. No, we hung all no Howie hung all his hopes and dreams on Deshaun Jackson, which I think was a little worked out. Yeah, you know, should have known that. All, he shot all shot of that horrible contract. I knew it was going to go his face. You know, <laughs> but I will say, at least Howie, you know, he tries to wheel a deal. And that brings to another Philadelphia sports team that, you know, like, you know, he's really boggling my mind. That's silly for John Middleton basically saying what he said. Mm-hmm. And I hope, oh, well, uh, nobody wants to come here because of the coaches. Nobody wants to be a general manager because of the coaches. Really. Bryce Harper came here. <laughs> Exactly. And they, yeah, speaking of $30 billion, dollars, I'm going. I'm going with anything. Okay. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> okay. And for him to say that you know nobody wants to come interview for like you know, a job because of COVID, did the Sixers or did they not you know sign Doc Rivers? Did they or did they not sign Daryl Morey? Mm-hmm. Did they or did they not bring their fans? So. so, so there's capabilities. Okay. okay, and for him to say that basically just lets me know like you know, I'm too cheap. I'm too to do the thing with my team. You know, I'm about to lose my best player, but I saw Bryce Harper, J.T. Real Mito, that gave up the number one pitcher prospect who's turning out to be a fireballer at number six. Yeah. Crazy. You know, and Matt Clintech, he never really fired. Okay, Matt Clintech, he was like, how you got some equipment closet, and he still like, still like calling the shots. Yeah, he stepped down, but he's still in the organization, so it's like, there, there's no point of you stepping down. We we all know the banana and its hellpipe. And uh, Dad, you it's kind of funny you brought up the Sixers. Um, how do you feel about the Doc Rivers hire? I don't think we talked about it. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Because, let's see, uh, Doc got pedigree. Okay. Brett Brown didn't have the same pedigree Doc does. Because as a player, you know, Doc was in the NBA. Doc was in the NBA finals. He was in the playoffs like you know, just about every year. He was in the NBA. And on top of that, he won a ring as a coach. You know, granted, he has three Hall of Famers, but still, he won a ring as a coach. So there's no way in hell that Ben and Joel say, ah, well, I really don't want to listen, man. You know, he's not going to do anything. Okay, Dr. Sadat, they're, they're um, part of my, 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 my French ass down a heartbeat. Good catch. Out there, out there busting their tail every night. Okay? <laughs> and Ben Simmons has no excuse not shooting jump shots now. Okay, because Sam Vassell's on that coaching staff, and we all know, and Sammy, and Sammy C got two rings for the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Sammy C is one of the toughest, most nastiest, most down dirty, like, you know, like dirty world players in NBA history. Mid-range okay. is money. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sam Vassell was up there banging with Lakeem Olajuwon, Otis Thorpe, and the rest of the Rockets, okay? And that's back when the NBA was still made of men, not crappy. <laughs> okay, so Joel 
Joel and then they sit around and say, oh, you know, he wants to. All right. And Joel, without, I said before, I'll say it again. Without the Chick fil A, without the Shirley Temples, stop making commercials, get your lazy butt in the gym and get the sheep. Okay. And then, so help me that, that little, like, the little, like, those deer's headlights looking at anything. So I can't try to hear that. Mm. You're the godfather who's your coach. Yeah. Okay. Because Ben got one, basically, Ben has a year. Okay, maybe less to get it together, or he's gone. I think so. I agree with you on that, too, especially uh, after seeing Daryl Morley, Morley's press conference a couple weeks ago. He put so much emphasis on having a big man and operating around Joel Embiid and everything like that. He mentioned Ben Simmons, but it wasn't the way that he was raving was about. Embarrassing. Yeah, like it wasn't the way he was talking about Joel Embiid. So I, I agree. I feel like he could possibly see Ben Simmons as an opportunity to grow around Joel. I think both of them are had better step their games up when they'll both be gone. Because Ben may be, a, Ben is probably like with Maury, Ben is probably on short leash Joel is, okay, but by the same token, uh, Joel's, on, Joel's on a short leash too. For sure. Because Daryl Morley is a wheeler, Daryl Morley is a wheeler dealer. Okay, I mean, just look what he did in Houston. All right. And there's still, there's still all some wheeler linker rumors. Someone saying like you know James Harden was in the other day. Ben better get on the ball. Yes. Yeah. Dad, one last question uh, before we let you go. Uh, we were talking about uh, favorite live events. Uh, why don't you share uh, one of your favorite live events that you went to? Uh, one of my favorite live events I went to. <laughs> That'd be three years ago, 2017, where I got uh, tickets from a. Uh, I got tickets from a uh, Tank Thomas. Hmm. You know, Eagle Great. He hooked me up with a ticket to the Eagles Broncos game for a, for my birthday. Dope. And that that game that game was a Jay Giants come out game because basically the Eagles ran up and down the field and the Broncos Broncos couldn't stop. Wasn't that game a blowout? Yeah, fifty one twenty three. Ooh, exactly. I put it like this. What a gift. <laughs> it, it, I, that, yo, I put it like this. If game man didn't do anything, the Eagles still wasn't scoring the Broncos. It was that. It was that pathetic. Mm. It was pathetic. And I got to give a shout-out this year, this year. My son remembered my birthday. He called <laughs> me on my birthday, so Chris, proud of you, boy. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I remember to call at uh, 1201 at uh, November 5th next year. And, uh, Dad, once again, uh, thank you for calling into the show. Also, be sure to tune in uh, two weeks from now for our one-year anniversary show. We're going to be dropping a new logo. And uh, we, might have some, uh, we might have some gifts for, uh, for some callers that day. Nice. Okay, well, I better be first in line for it, guys. As always, fantastic show. Both of you keep up the great work. I'm proud of both of you. Thank you. Happy belated birthday, Mr. Norris. Thank you very much, guys. Keep doing, keep doing what you do, and uh, pretty soon you're going to be the best sports show in Philadelphia. That's the plan. That's the plan, man. Yeah, don't forget your dad, next boy. All right, dad. Oh, man. Once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio, WJY 98.5. You're listening to Running Best Sports Show. We are... Sports for the culture. Yes, the uh, number to join the conversation, 215-763-9596. And we do want to hear from you. We do want to hear um, your, your your favorite live events. Yeah, don't be don't be scared. Like, I remember the first time I called into the radio. I definitely was sweating. 
I was, I was sweating. I had the radio playing in the background, and I'm listening to the echo and everything. And I'm like, oh wait, let me turn down the radio. And then it was cool. Like who, it was, it was who, all know, right. who knows? Maybe you're calling, and you might be one of our guests on the show. You know, you know, that's usually how it happens. I mean, like, listen. Sometimes I use the show as a recruitment process. See, you never know. Yeah, listen, that's that's how I got you. That's how I got Juan. Facts, <laughs> big facts. Uh, Let's um. All right, so because we 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 didn't really get in depth about this, you know, the show last week. It was a you know pop up show. It was election day. You know, we were outside on Broad Street. It was an awesome experience, by the way. It was. I, I definitely, shout out to everybody that came out. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, ninety eight five Uptown Radio family. Shout out to everybody. But. The the James Harden Ben Simmons trade thing, like some people just just don't want it to happen. There's a lot of people who don't want it to happen, and I don't understand it whatsoever. Like, look, I I love Ben Simmons, but like typically I'm keeping Ben Simmons, but it all depends on who we're getting back. If you're telling me I can get a James Harden or a Devin Booker, hey Ben, it's been real, bruh. But I'm not. I'm not waiting any longer. You know, for this potential jump shot. I I I already appreciate everything that Ben. That, excuse me. Everything that Ben Simmons gives me. I understand that he's arguably probably the best wing defender in the NBA. He gets. He creates the most opportunities for wide open three point jump shots for three point shooters. Uh, I know his versatility, but people are trying to turn down 35 points a game from James Harden. Who, who's also a top 10 assist getter in the league as well. Who, who really, let's be honest, because everyone's like, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play de-. Who really plays defense? Who really plays defense outside of, like, Kawhi, Ben Simmons, and Paul George and Anthony Davis and Giannis? That's, like, five people in the league who play defense. Drew Holiday. Yes. Okay, six. And, I'll, and Rudy Gobert, seven. Seven people out of 400 play defense in the NBA. Boom. So and I don't understand why people don't want James Harden, especially if it's an opportunity. Now, granted, if we're able to get James Harden and keep Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, well, then I love it even more because it's going to be fantastic. That's more the avenue that I'm that I want to more like venture in. I don't. I I want to too, but I don't think it's realistic yeah. to get James Harden. Ain't no who in their right mind. Oh yeah, I'll take Tobias Harris and 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 uh. Matisse Thibault and, and a bunch of picks. Like, yeah, I'll do that. Sure. Who's going to do that? Unless you're on 2K, you turn the trade restrictions off. That's the only way it's happening. It's not real life. I, I don't get that. Hey, listen, like my, listen, my dad told me one thing about sports trades. There's a second more in every minute. Right. Who would ever thought Sam Bradford would go for a number one uh, for a first-round pick? True. So, I'm, I'm just saying. But, no, I, I do agree with that. Uh, James Harden's a top-five player. Right. He's a walking bucket. Walking. Yeah, so and the idea of having a pick-and-roll between James Harden and Joel Embiid. Insane. And, and and here's the thing. like That's why I put emphasis on the James Harden as a playmaker as well. He's a top-ten assist getter. He's going to find those wide-open threes, too, like with no problem. And he's going to get you a bucket down the stretch. Like How many times in the fourth quarter you're like, yo, who gonna, who's going to show up for us? Who's going to show up for us? But also to counter that, what's James Harden's signature playoff moment? Fair. He don't have none. And 13, I'm not, I'm, setting the record for 13 turnovers in a game. Yeah, there it is. Yes, and and, I'm, and I is, think he did it twice. Yeah, and this also isn't an indicator where like, well, Ben Simmons is better in the fourth quarter than James Harden. No, it's not that. 
Man, I miss Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, like Jimmy cool too. Jimmy oh Jimmy God, was man. cool too. You know what I'm saying? But but it's it's preposterous that people like would not give up Ben Simmons for James Harden. If we can keep him and still have them both, even better. But if it comes down to it, Houston's like, yeah, we're not doing it unless y'all give us Ben Simmons. All right, okay, cool. Take Al Horford though. <laughs> and um, you know, we'll take uh James uh James Harden, PJ Tucker, and whatever picks you got. Shoot. Whatever picks you have left. Right, right. Uh, and Daniel House, we'll take Daniel House too. I mean, hey, I mean, whatever you got left, but y'all can keep Westbrook and Ben Simmons and Al Horford. There you go, boom. That's that's how I look at it. It it just really blows my mind. Like I see it all day. Like like there's this little Sixers group that I follow on Facebook and people really be mad. Like Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. It's like, yo, I'm not waiting for this potential anymore. Like, look at our coaching staff. We're ready to win. Ain't no more process. Process is over. It's time. The money that we've spent on this coaching staff in the front office, it's time to win. So we're not waiting for a jump shot. But also with this coaching staff, don't you also think that maybe that we should probably see? Because the issue that last year that we talked about is that we had a head coach that doesn't know how to make Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons work. Correct. So – we got a brand new coaching staff who do a bunch of different things. We got Doc Rivers, Dave Yeager, Dan Burke, and Sam Cassell, and also Popeye Jones. Right. We, we can't forget about him either. They all provide something. <laughs> oh, I forgot we got Popeye Jones. <laughs> they all provide something, you know, a, a different perspective, a different take. So if they're going to, like, roll out, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in a much more different take than what we saw last year, like over the past three years than we saw with Brett Brown, before you know making that decision to move on from Ben Simmons, then sure I'm with that. If they want to get, re- if they realize like, listen, this isn't going to work. We need to see. Uh, I want to see James Harden with you know working with Ben Simmons, and I'm all for it too. But yeah, at the very least, I'm more like 51 percent want to see how Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid work with a different uh, coaching staff with you know different offensive sets. We're going to see, like, if Ben Simmons is going to be permanently at the dunker spot working that little pick and roll with Joel Embiid. Right. Or is he going to work that 15-foot range jump shot, jump shot if Ben Simmons is going to be a little more, you know, face to the basket as opposed to, like, back to the basket? Because I just can't stand when Joel Embiid goes back to the basket because it looks so clumsy and uncoordinated when he tries. Some, it, it does, but it's very effective. We can't deny that. Yeah, it's effective. Also, at the same time, it's like Joel Embiid doesn't know how to, you know, properly work out of a double team. No, that's still not there. I, yeah. I hope that's something that Doc can fix right away. Yeah. Now, I do agree with you, like, at least wanting to see them, you know, under a new coaching. Yeah. But I'm just saying the cost of for James Harden. Mm-hmm. Like, if Houston's like, look, we're shopping James Harden. I agree with that. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I do want to see how these guys – I like Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons. I, listen, I, I'll be going to war for James, uh, Ben Simmons, but – if you it, did a few weeks ago when that guy called in about Brandon. Ingram. You know what I'm saying? Like I be, I be, I grind for Ben Simmons, but I also recognize, like, hey, we can get a top five player, and they want Ben Simmons. I'll think about it. I definitely think about it. What about Devin Booker though? That's been a rumor as well. But it's like also, why would Phoenix give up Devin Booker? They just that makes no sense. For yeah, them. they were just on an eight game win streak. They're finally, like, in the, well, in the bubble, they were undefeated. They're finally getting things together with DeAndre Ayton and, uh, what's his name, Devin Booker. Uh, Monty Williams is an excellent coach. That That's almost equivalent to Minnesota. All they got to do is just fill in the pieces. They got Ricky Rubio already at the one. Yeah. Get him a 3-and-D guy, stretch forward, boom. Listen, I'm a Suns fan. 
also, that's my second team. I adopted him, you know, when. Steve Nash days. Yeah. yeah. Steve I miss those days. We're never going to get those back. But yeah. if they're going to trade Devin Booker, I'm like, if it's. No, don't trade Devin Booker. Yeah. Not yet. And unless he wants out. Unless he wants unless out. That's you, the only unless way. you want out and the return is comp, is, is comp profitable enough to get. You ain't, it ain't the return. Because ain't in the be end, because in the end, when you trade away star players, you're never going to get equal value for them back. Not even remotely close. Yeah. So if let's just say like if you do trade Ben Simmons for you know Devin Booker, and he if goes, it's straight up, I'll take it. Straight up, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, I'll take it. The only the only thing though, all right, the only thing you're definitely missing for sure exactly. that you get from James Harden is the playmaking ability. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, Devin Booker is just a bucket. Yeah, he's that's all he is. Yeah. He's not gonna like I said, he's not gonna play defense, but then again, who plays who great plays defense? defense they tried listen, they tried a few years ago like point booker. It just didn't work. There's a reason why they got Ricky Rubio down there. Exactly. It's just like here's my thing, like I I'll say no to Devin Booker. But if you want to get James Harden, sure, I'll take that. Like my thing is, is that like why settle for the 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 younger version when you could just get the full the, get, the full get better James version? James Harden, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Like you can just straight up get James Harden. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Let's um let's dive back into NFL. So yeah. I remember um I um let's let's talk about the award races so far. Okay. Let's start with um the MVP race. Hold on, but before that, uh, let, let's do like another let's because we got interrupted with the call. Um, let's dive right into like a quick re- week nine recap. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buccaneers, uh, Saints. You know that was supposed to be you know the Tom Brady revenge game. Everybody had picked Tampa Bay winning because of the weapons and everything, Ugh. but. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Dennis Allen. Yeah, they were like, yeah, no, nah, we, we run this division. And this is the first time Tom Brady got swept. Yo, for real, for real, that, I wasn't expecting that. And for them to only hang three points and Tom Brady throw three interceptions, he was not looking good. He was looking real shaky. They were after him. Honestly, as much as I don't like the Saints, I'm kind of glad Tampa Bay got humbled like that. Yeah, they did. I mean, they're, they're, they still have a pretty solid record at no, the end they, of the day. No, they do. They're 6-3, but yeah. just... Just the just the award just the crowning of them just because they got Antonio Brown with Chris Godwin coming back healthy Mike Evans I'm like okay yeah, I mean, that's, a li- that's a fantasy squad I mean that, that's a fantasy <laughs> squad but at the same time I'm like all right listen you, you pull back a little bit don't forget Leonard Fournette the the thing is like I'm looking at the box score now like they only Tampa Bay rushed five times how's that possible yeah the the lowest amount of any game in NFL history yeah how is that even possible oh because that's something when, I'd expect oh, Doug Peterson you, to do yeah because when you go down that much you abandon the run true true and you got to think most of those those original uh, f- those first twelve plays they all went three and out so like yeah, the Saints sh- dominated the time they're shot yeah they're shot so yeah you got you gotta you gotta play catch up but also. Big shout out to Drew Brees. He looked like Drew Brees that game. He went uh thirty six for thirty two. Yeah, there was yeah, there was no question about his arm strength. There was no question about him being washed. Four touchdowns. Yeah, like, but as much as we talked about, well, Tampa Bay got all their weapons. Here's the thing: Michael Thomas came back, Emmanuel Sanders came back, yep. Emmanuel Sanders came back and scored a touchdown as well. Yep. Traquan Smith, yep. Alvin Kamara, who definitely has a legitimate case for being in the MVP conversation. Oh, for sure, for Absolutely. sure. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but uh, but yeah. I, I, I'm if I'm Tampa. Listen, I'm not worried. I'm not pressing the panic button no, right now. I ain't now. losing no sleep. 
Yeah. Six uh, and three. Yeah, you're, you're six there. and three. You got Carolina next week, but Carolina's definitely been playing a lot more inspired football over the weeks. So. Yo, they but definitely the, the NFC the NFC South is no joke. Nah, they're all they're all lighting it up. Yeah. Like for sure. Yeah. Even yeah. Atlanta got a win. Yeah, they got they won three out of their last four. See, Atlanta rolling. I took them. I took the money line. Yeah. <laughs> Actually no, I took them I think I took the money line and to beat the spread. Yeah. And also, um, let's other games. Um the Thursday night game, um, the 49ers and the uh, Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. But uh, that was definitely a good one. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. He just was pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers got his groove back. And I, I, obviously, it's unfortunately to the expense of a really decimated San Francisco 49ers. No Jimmy Garoppolo, no Nick yeah. Bosa. Their wide receivers are either got hurt or on the COVID list. George Kittle's out for nearly the remainder of the yeah. season. This isn't the same 49ers team. Not even and close. I, I have to bite the bullet on this. I was wrong about them. But unfortunately, it's due because of injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the injury bug has really plagued the NFL, like, really bad this year. Not only the injury bug, but COVID itself. Because think about the, a lot of guys who opted out. Like, for example, like, New England, that game last night, I know we're going to talk about it. But New England's not even at full strength because yeah. they had so many players opt out. Yeah, but going back to that Thursday night game, even Devontae Ad- Adams, 10 receptions, 173 yards with one touchdown, he's definitely a top-five wide receiver these days. Yes, absolutely. He, he's, he's been playing nothing but lights out. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Scanlon had two other touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Mercedes Lewis had the other. Um, and they're also getting healthy at the right time too, man. Aaron Jones was doubtful to play, but he ended up playing as well. So he got getting 10 days rest. Alan Lazar is coming back as well. So Green Bay might be able to make, you know, that run for that number one seed. And it, it's a tight race right now. It's between Super New Orleans, the, the Seahawks. And I remember the Packers got the tiebreaker over the Saints. So, and also, you know, Tampa Bay is also in the mix as well. Hey, uh, hey, hey, don't forget about that four seed right now. Say no. And, and, <laughs> Anyway. Anywho. Yeah, so. They also had the uh, the Bills take on the Seahawks. The Bills actually went in on the Seahawks, winning that one, 44-34. Yeah. I, I did not expect it. I, I thought it was going to be like a – I thought it was going to be a good game. I just not expect Seattle to get blitzed. I didn't see that either, and Seattle was fighting back. Yeah, but don't let the 10-point, you know, loss, like, tell you. The game was a lot – like was a lot more. Blow I thought it was more buffalo, more buffalo. It was than more anything. buffalo than what. I was yeah, saying. See, like I'm trying to make that comeback. No. Jared, Jared Allen, money. Oh, Josh I'm sorry, Allen. Josh Allen. I'm sorry, Josh Allen is nothing but money. Thirty-one for thirty-eight passing, four hundred and fifteen yards and three touchdowns. See that that defense can give up some points. And then Stephon Diggs, who's leading the NFL in passing. I'm sorry, receiving yards, hundred and eighteen receiving yards. He didn't get a chance to cross the end zone, but he's been nothing but stellar since he's joined that team yeah other games like kansas city and uh carolina that was a thriller that was a thriller um i took the money line on that one and kansas city blew it like yeah. we i think it was i want to say it was nine and a half yeah. yeah it was nine and a half and they did not they didn't cover it thanks also my thing is is this if you're having a top five wide receiver discussion you got to include Tariq Hill. yeah you got to include cheetah like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm always shaky on him. I'm shaky on him. Like, he, he definitely performs. He performs. I, I don't know. He does perform. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh improves um, the 8 0 after a, a, honestly, a struggling win against the Cowboys. It, it was a struggle win. The, the crazy thing is, like, so I, I expected Pittsburgh to come out a little bit more on the Dallas Cowboys, like, to, to really be up on them, but. 
it wasn't really looking like that for them. They couldn't really get anything going with the run game. Uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he was playing okay before he got hurt. And speaking of Big, Big Ben, he's going he's gonna to be added to the COVID-19 list. Yeah. So I don't know how much longer Pittsburgh is going to be going undefeated, especially with Mason Rudolph now stepping in as their quarterback. Yeah. And uh, Miami and uh, Arizona, that was a really good game as it well. It was. Yeah, Tua. Shouts out to Miami. Yeah, Tua getting back-to-back wins. Uh, they didn't, he didn't perform. He didn't perform. You know, great, but uh, he not did, quite yet. Yeah, but he's but, managing the game. Yeah, so like, and and it's working right now. They're five and three. They're they got the last playoff spot locked up. Mm-hmm. But you know that defense that they got. You know, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, uh, Shaq Lawson. Uh, they got some definite players on, on the defense. And Brian Flores, you're definitely seeing you know, his vision Tough. of what they want for that defense. Uh, definitely showing. Um, another game, uh, the Raiders versus the Chargers. That was an interesting one. Yeah, that was a really good game. And I'm sold on Josh. I'm sold on Justin Herbert. Yo, he's tough. I like him too. I really, it's, it's it's crazy it had to come to who was the quarterback before who was starting. I always Tyrod Taylor. yes, Tyrod Taylor. It's crazy that it comes to the uh, expense of Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but man, I honestly don't think that the Chargers knew they had this in him. Yeah. Like Justin Herbert is tough. Yeah, and, and he's continuing to show why he's so good. Yeah, and um, obviously you know they're. The big draw was because he was an Oregon quarterback, got because Marcus Mariota, a bunch of others before him. But every, every, quarterback, every quarterback, every quarterback's different. Yeah, you can't just grade quarterbacks just because of where they go to school. Yeah, and he and and, and also no quarterback factory in, in in college. Nah, not really. It's, no. not like, it's not like it's not like Pittsburgh. I mean, it's not like Penn State. It used to be like linebacker. You were like. LSU, DBU, it's it's different cases for different times. Yeah, exactly. And and, and the thing the thing about Justin Herbert that I do like is that even though he came from Oregon, he didn't play like that Oregon style, like typical Oregon uh, quarterback that we're used to. He's, he's more traditional, and he's yeah. he's hooping. Yeah. So yeah, they he looks good, but the Raiders did. They come out on that to get that win, thirty-one to twenty-six, um, improving that record to five and three on the season. Yeah, they're the number six seed right now. And at the season end of the day, they'll take off Buffalo in the first round. Mm, that that'd be ugly, but it, it could be a shootout between uh, David Carr and um, Derek Carr. Derek, I'm on, I'm just butchering everyone's names today. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, David Carr <laughs> and Jared Allen. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or Chisel Madonna said Derek Vehicle. Right. <laughs> but uh all right, but let me ask you this question. Yep. If you had and for these rookie quarterbacks, if you had the choice between Tua, Herbert, or Burrow, who would you take? Burrow. I like I like the reason I like Burrow, and I want I was gonna talk about this more when we go into the uh I was thinking about the uh, offensive rookie of the year, but I like Burrow because he he like looks like he's been there before. He he his mechanics look really sound. Uh, he has the arm strength, the accuracy. I really like he. Give, he's giving me Andrew Luck vibes. Like when Andrew Luck first came in the league, mm-hmm. those are the kind of vibes that Joe Burrow is giving me. And I really like Joe Burrow going into the future. It's not because we tied with them in the game. It's because this dude can legit play. And like I said, he looks like he's been there before. Who are you thinking? I'm kind of. I'm leaning more towards Herbert. Really? Yeah. That. I like everything about this kid. Uh, he's got the prototypical size. I'm, I'm saying all the draft notes, but yeah. But, <laughs> but hey, I'd but, say but, he has better weapons, though. Keenan Allen, come on now. Keenan Allen is probably the he's he best kept secret for real. For Honestly, real. like the listen, Keenan Allen is definitely in that 
like that tier two like wide receiver conversation. But let's not Cincinnati's weapon. Tyler Boyd is there. T. Oh, Higgins yeah. is definitely come on. It's definitely as a rookie wide receiver. Sure. You still got you still got AJ Green. And, you know, when he's on the field, you still got Joe Mixon. The biggest thing in Cincinnati is just the offensive line. Chargers, think about it. Austin Eckler has definitely missed time. Mike yeah. Williams has definitely been out of the lineup as well. Keenan Allen, uh, you still got Keenan Allen. And Hunter Henry is, thank goodness, he's been healthy this year also. But I, I, I'm, I like Herbert just slightly a little bit more. Like Herbert – uh, Burrow, because I like what Bur- like Burrow is able, even under two five and one, the command that he has in his offense, yeah. just from year one, is just absolutely. He got more command in the offense than Carson Wentz does, and you can't even deny that. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, but Tua's last. Uh, I haven't seen any. Listen, Tua. Nah, I've seen nothing been, from him. Yeah, he's been managing the game. Yeah, he's just been managing the game, which I, is fine. It's it's okay. I mean, yeah. you know, I just need to see more from him. That's all. I don't know if they're going to let you see more from him. I think yeah. what happened was with Cincinnati, okay, you Joe Burrow's the number one pick. So it's like, let him go. You took him number one. You got to let him go. Justin Herbert is like, oh, well, okay, well, we've seen you do this a few times. We might as well let you keep doing it. Two is like, ah, we're going we gonna to hold you on a leash. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. But, hey, sometimes you might have to break off and try to do your own thing. Yeah, another game uh, also was Tennessee versus Chicago, Tennessee. Dominated most of that game. Yep. Uh, Chicago, Chicago's trying to make a run at the end, and it just didn't work. Nah, but, nothing they could really do, honestly. But can we? It's is it really time? Can we have an honest conversation about Chicago? Two and four since Nick Foles took over. Yeah. They're they're all averaging nearly seventeen points a game ever since he took over. Yeah. The offense was completely lethargic, mm-hmm. and they're wasting that defense's prime. Like they're wasting Akeem Hanks. They're wasting Khalil Mack. They're wasting Eddie Jackson. They're wasting the rest of those guys. And mm. it's yeah. I I mean look. So it's like, all right. We're not gonna put this all on Nick Foles. We're not gonna do that. Okay. But one thing I will admit is that. They're, I think they're done with Mitch Trubisky. I think they are truly. They are. Yeah, they're done because it's like, I feel like they feel like they've made. I feel like they feel. I feel like they feel that they've made the wrong decision with Mitch Trubisky, and I feel like they're moving on. So there's no point in going back. You gotta, unfortunately, you gotta ride it out with Nick Foles, especially since you went. That's a quarterback that you chose that you guys actually wanted. So you gotta ride it out with Nick Foles. Yeah, so it's like you benched Mitch Trubisky when they were three and zero. Right. And it's like. At this point, you're you're five and three. You're on the outside looking in the postseason. It's like you can't go back to Trubisky now. You can't and, do it at all. Yeah, so it's like it's like the decisions made. The writing's on the wall. He's gone. Yeah. Shoot. Hey, maybe that's San Francisco's next quarterback. Ill. God no. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Um. But that's that's week nine. Also, shout out to Cam Newton. Yo. That performance, yeah. that performance last night, Juan kind of called it. Yeah. He kind of called it. I mean, he didn't go bonkers, bonkers, but Juan definitely kind of called it because Cam Newton really put the squad on his back and, and, and did the impossible. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but it's against the Jets. I mean, you saw, uh, you see what New England's working with, too? Like, yeah. come on, man, listen. It, he ain't working with much. Yeah. But those, those two rushing touchdowns, I feel like – Man, this is probably the most rushing touchdowns I've seen Cam have in also, a long time. Also, this is Jacoby Myers' come-out party as well, man. 10 catches, 156, 12 catches, 156 yards. Yeah, man, but he was hooping. Yeah. He was he was definitely available for them, yeah. for sure. And I was, I'm was i not going to lie, man, I was a little concerned with Cam because 
we still don't know lingering effects with COVID. You know, people, I feel like people tell you the symptoms, symptoms of COVID, but like no one tells you like what's going on after, like how they feel like, hey, I noticed I was going up a flight of steps and my lung capacity wasn't the same or hey i have uh some some aches and stuff that i didn't have before like like we don't know that information about covid so for cam newton you know for recovering from covid and was going being able to put on a performance like that i guess it kind of gives us some hope but cam newton's also superman Cam Newton still has the worst touchdown interception ratio at any quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. But so that being said, let's dive in right into our awards. Yeah. So the MVP race, I, I believe yeah, now it, it's starting to starting to heat up. Um, so I got the so just to give you a heads up, I got the MVP race. I got the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, um, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, and coach of the year. All right, so MVP race right now. I'm I'm still thinking that Russell Wilson is leading. He's had a couple of pedestrian games, but I'm I'm still gonna lead with Russell Wilson and then like a close Patrick Mahomes because he's thrown 25 touchdowns. The last two games he's thrown nine. By the way, he's been lights out and he only has one interception on the season, leading the Chiefs to an eight and one record. But I'm still edging Russell Wilson right now only because Russell Wilson has thrown more touchdowns and he doesn't have nearly the weapons that can. Kansas City has. I'm pretty sure DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett will take offense to that. I mean, they still not Tyreek Hill. They just picked up Le'Veon Bell, Sammy Watkins. What is, Le'Veon Bell hasn't done anything. Yet. He hasn't. I'm just saying. Oh no! Listen, you're. I'm just saying. DK Metcalf is. He's tough. Dude, we're talking about a guy who's probably the second coming to Terrell Owens. He might really be like like you know when like Megatron came back. Yeah. Like from from the bottom of the sea when they when they put the spark in him, yeah. he's back. Like Megatron retired early, but we put the spark in him. He's back. Like yeah, DK Metcalf is tough, but that's why I said Russell Wilson is still leading right now because I feel like those weapons that Kansas City has are are much better than the weapons that Seattle has. Okay, uh, these games against Buffalo and now Arizona. It kind of put a damper on Russell Wilson's MVP campaign. He's still in the race, but you got you got Patrick Mahomes, who's twenty five touchdowns, one interception, mm-hmm. one hundred fifteen point nine quarterback rating. You got mm-hmm. another guy, Aaron Rodgers, twenty four touchdowns, two interceptions, one seventeen point five QBR, and also the guy that just beat Russell, that just made Seattle's defense just more and more like a joke, Josh Allen, uh, nearly sixty nine percent completion percentage, nineteen touchdowns, five interceptions. He also got five also on the ground as well. Nearly 3,000 all-purpose yards. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, but if I had to give a nod to somebody, um, I'm sorry, like Dalvin Cook is, you're not win- you miss a little bit too much time and your team's not winning enough, but he's on the pace to win the Russian title right now. 858 yards, 12 touchdowns, but if I had to give the MVP nod to somebody, I'd probably either, it'd probably be Mahomes one, Rodgers two, and I'm going to put Kamara at three. Okay. He's got, four, he's got nearly... Um, over a thousand all-purpose yards, four hundred seventy, four hundred seventy rushing, five hundred sixty-five receiving, sixty receptions, yep. and nine total touchdowns. He's been the only consistent, healthy option for Drew Brees in his offense. And for a year in which we talk so much about Drew Brees' inability to throw the ball downfield, this hasn't stopped Alvin Kamara at all. Not at all. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to take a different route with that because I got Alvin Kamara leading for my Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. So not my MVP. So all those stats that you just shot out, 
Yes, love it for my offensive player of the year. Then I got Dalvin Cook right behind him, as you mentioned, the uh, leading the league in rushing, 12 uh, rushing TDs. But then my third one might might be a, come to a surprise. But Derrick Henry? D- no, I was going to say DK Metcalf mm. because he's got eight receiving touchdowns, 788 receiving yards, and right now Seattle's looking at six and two, so I would put him up there as well because nobody. I don't listen. We saw glimpses of DK Metcalf last year, but we didn't know he was going to turn into this. So for me, I'm going to put him up Seattle there. Seattle did. Well, yeah, that's why they took him. Eagles did. Never mind. I'm just going to stop being hurt. Listen, listen. I get hurt people, hurt people, but <laughs> listen. Just appreciate other teams for doing what they need to do because they got jobs as well. Not everything's about us. I know, and that's why I enjoyed this football Sunday because there were no Eagles. I got to appreciate the other teams, the other games, the other players. It was great. I got angry, you know, as we talked about. I got angry. I'm about to say, like, sometimes you got need to take your own advice, you know, especially when it came about when it's about LeBron James. Like, listen, just stop hating on the man and appreciate for where he is now. You're right. You're right. See? Practice what you preach. Yeah, man. For uh, <laughs> defensive player of the year, I'm I'm thinking Miles Garrett. I like him. He's been outstanding. He's pretty much been getting a sack every game. He's getting a forced fumble every other game. He has four of those for the for the uh, season. Nine sacks, four. Yep, nine sacks. Um, I was also thinking Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Like he's been he's been outstanding. So just pretty good. No, nah, they're like neck and neck to me. Yeah, they're really neck and neck. But I got a surprise one for you that I don't know if you see coming. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham has been playing really well. 21 solo s- tackles, 7 sacks. I thought sacks you were about to say 21 solo sacks. I'm like, hold on. No, no, <laughs> bro. No, nah, no. Nah. 21 solo tackles, 7 sacks, 2 forced fumbles. He's really made a difference for this Philadelphia Eagles defense, and he single-handedly has been helping out the defense a lot to the point where I feel like he does deserve to be on this list as possible defensive player of the year. Mm. I won't disagree on that. Yeah. Now, one person I did kind of leave off because I'm not, like, you know, too whatever, but I got T.J. Watt on here, too. Like, he's been playing really well for the Steelers. You can't, you know, take away anything from him. Best defense on the best defense in the league, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it, it's essentially the product of the environment. Like, even though – Even Brent, still then, like, somebody's got to be leading the charge. It's either him or, see, Bud Dupree. It's either Mika Fitzpatrick. Come, yeah. Like, I just, our, our Pittsburgh Steelers definitely going to be in that conversation. Yeah, I just feel like Miles Garrett – Aaron Donald and Brandon Graham, they have made more of an impact individually on defense. So that's why those three guys are getting my nod right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. For the um, offensive rookie of the year, we were just talking about this. Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. And I already told you who I'm leading with. Going with Joe Burrow. He's got 11 touchdowns on the year, five interceptions, 2,272 passing yards. But sadly, he's 2-5-1 uh, and one right now as a starter. So, and then your guy, Justin Herbert, he's 17 touchdowns. Like, he's up there with the touchdowns. He's been letting it fly. He he didn't play until, like, two and a half games later. That's true. That is true. And then he's he's made this type of stride. So, he's he's definitely got a case for offensive rookie of the year. But, I mean, you got the number. You know politics. You got the number one overall pick actually playing good. So, you know they're probably going to give it to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The um, defensive rookie of the year, who you have in mind for that? Honestly, 
Nobody really stands out for me. Yeah, I, I had to do a little bit of research. The only two that like stood out to me was Chase Young because his numbers are actually pretty fair. He's he's, he's pretty fair coming out of Ohio State. He's got three and a half sacks and then 16 solo tackles. Yeah. So they were okay. My pick before the season was Isaiah Simmons, but they've only been using him on a limited snap count base. Yeah, he's barely been getting any touches. Yeah. And I was also thinking about Antoine Wilfield Jr., who's been playing really well yeah. for Tampa Bay. He actually made that closing uh, closeout play the previous game when they were won against the Giants. So that, that those are my two guys who I feel like are leading the race. Yeah, Patrick Queen also. Yes, yes, Patrick Queen definitely up there. I I liked him. I saw some. Um, I was checking him out as well. Now, comeback player, comeback player of the year. I think this one's a no brainer. Alex Smith. No, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. Yeah, that for me. No, first off, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I love Alex Smith's story. I'm a I, I'm a true fan of you know an underdog story, a success story, you name it, but. This guy should not be on the field. Should not be on the field at all. Oh yeah. By the way, speaking of not being on the field, did you saw that Kyle Allen injury? It was rough. It was rough. In nearly around the same time period where Alex Smith got hurt that few years ago. Yeah. And the sad thing is now it's like that's probably why uh, Alex Smith came out playing like the way he did because he probably had flashbacks and probably was all of a sudden nervous after seeing that type of injury. That was rough. Don't, my only frustration is this, all right, because the NFL tried to make it sound like Colin Kaepernick wasn't in the league because of his abilities. Dallas is now on their fifth-string quarterback, okay, fifth. I didn't even know they went that far. Garrett Gilbert. Whoever that guy is. Alex Smith basically has a prosthetic leg, all right. I'm just being real, and he's out there playing. So what's the real reason? It. Caps easily blackball from the league. That's yeah, that's I, my I'm only. Say, like, we already know the reason. Yeah, behind like, it. That's my frustration. Because he, he he shouldn't be on the field. I love the fact that he came back, overcame everything, and he's able to do it. But I don't I don't think he should be out there. I agree. Even though that. he looked good moving around, I'm like, wow, he, he's moving out of the pocket. I agree, he's, I agree with that. Also, not to mention he's 36 years old. I'm just like, no, like, come on, collecting checks. Yeah, it's just. Collecting checks, and I'm like the way like they glorified it, like when he came back during that Rams game, I'm like his family's there. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, no, don't. He's do probably that. got a documentary coming out after, which I'm like, hey, I'm like, that's, no, that's don't do this. That's some money though. You can make some money once that documentary hits, and oh, don't let him have like an amazing game. Once he has that like that one <laughs> that one game, that documentary gonna be fire. Alex Smith Last Dance, right? For all we know, I watch it. I like documentaries. I'm always tuned in. I'll definitely watch that. Depends, depends on who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It depends on who it I is. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, if, if I find you boring, I'm not going to watch you. Yeah, I'm not checking for it. Yeah. That's why I used to. That's why, like, when I hear, like, well, Tom Brady's getting, like, a last dance documentary, I'm like, I don't care about Tom Brady's personality. I'm good, bro. Like, like unless he's, like, funny and we don't know it. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, for all the talk shows and, like, all the other commercials yet, I'm like, you're not a personality that like i want more of it's like when you watch peyton manning like do like those shows and do like those skits with like his brother and all that i'm like you can see the personality of like why he was the face in the nfl for that long right um i did see that the guys who did the michael jordan last dance yeah. documentary they want to do a documentary about stone cold steve austin oh, okay now i know you'll watch that yeah, i watched that yeah of course you know see seeing him raise he double hockey sticks you know, and then stomping I, a mud hole and walking it dry. Yeah, my other thing is that I wonder how they're going to do the Deborah situation. Which one? What do they want? The, oh, his ex-wife? 
Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. I didn't know they was gonna get busy like that. I was no. Like, I, I, no, I, I don't know if they're gonna do. I like. I want to know if they're just gonna focus like strictly in the ring, right? Or like they're gonna do like more of his personal life. I think it should be in the ring, kind yeah. of like how Michael Jordan's was. Even though unfor- it was unfortunate, like the personal life came down to you know cause him losing his father, which was you know something very pivotal in his his life, and it, you know yeah. it, it's part of the reason why he took off that two years to go play baseball. Yeah, you know he I mean he wasn't he he didn't have a suspension coming, you know from gambling, but you know so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know he played baseball, got inducted. Uh, save, save the uni- save the Looney Tunes universe and came back. Right, yeah, you know what I'm saying, you know, and 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 oh, the the bad pizza, you know, well, the bad pizza, yeah. aka the Hangover game. Yeah. Anywho, um, and then to finish it up, we got Coach of the Year, Mike Tomlin. Yep, I got him up top, but I think this one might be a shock to you, but my boo Joy Taylor, she would love this one. Brian Flores. Okay. I, that's I I didn't expect this from Miami. And just like you mentioned earlier, their defense is outstanding. And oh, and that's two brothers, by the way. So having having two brothers lead it for a potential coach of the year spot, I think it's pretty dope. Also, uh, let me give a little nod to Cliff Kingsbury. Also, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If they keep this playoff spot, then he should definitely be in the conversation. No, that that is fair. That's fair. That's that's another one I looked at too. But I I was kind of narrowing my selections down to about two people. Yeah. So just to just to ensure, you know, like I said, I threw in a couple extras, but those 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 are my two guys. But yeah, no, you can't can't leave out Cliff Kingsbury because they've been playing outstanding as well, and he's definitely turned that team around. Yeah. And once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio, WJY 88.5. we got about 20 minutes left. You want to call in? Mark, want to get that call number? That phone number is 215-763-9596. Just recapping, well, we recapped the NFL Week 9. Talk a little bit about the NBA and their upcoming situation with uh, the regular season starting and free agency and the NBA draft as well. Yeah, and also some of our favorite sporting events. Also, I kind of want to go back into that because the reason why I told you like that was one of my favorite sporting events yeah. is because it was a week before Valentine's Day, and I took like a leap of I, I did like a Shane McMahon I did like that leap of faith off the hell of the cell, <laughs> hoping to make contact. Dang! But Shane, but uh, but unlike unlike Shane, like I actually uh, made my target. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, that was the that was like the time where like I asked Charlie Caruso on Twitter to uh, be my Valentine. Dope! And like she's cute. Yes. Yeah, She's amazing. I love Chuck. Yeah, she, she's amazing. Yeah. And uh, she retweeted me. She's like, well, you're the first to ask, so why not? And I'm like, let's go. Like, it's crazy because I seen, didn't you like meet her too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I met her I met her uh, last year. Wow, that's dope. Yeah. Y'all still keep in contact? One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to. I mean, you've you been, you been getting wins when it comes to that. Yeah. Because you was also on uh, my girl's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Taylor, on, Taylor Rooks. Yes, I seen oh. you on the Facebook. I mean, IG yeah, Live with yeah. her. Yeah, you know I mean, no, I forgot how to breathe, man. My man, GQ Smooth out here. GQ Smooth, Chris oh, out God, here. Man. I see you. Wanna, um, how could I? How could I miss this one? WrestleMania 34. I completely like it. Just like slipped my mind. Now that experience in New Orleans was probably definitely top five live experiences that I've ever done. Yeah. First off, like. It was a combination of, like, WrestleMania meets Mardi Gras. So I'm going to just paint this picture for you for a moment. Right. I'm in the middle of Bourbon Street, right? You know what happens and how girls receive beads in, on Bourbon Street. Yeah. 
Imagine wrestling chants after that. So you got a whole sea of people chanting yes once a girl has received um, beads. Yeah. Then you got um you know an angry boyfriend who pulls her off the balcony and brings her back in. <laughs> then you have an angry chant of fans saying you know what wrestling fans do. And then she comes back out, does it again. Then she gets the the, the best one. You deserve it. <laughs> so like that that experience was like pretty awesome. And then just seeing WrestleMania itself inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, like that dome is ginormous. Like it's huge. It's, it's it's overwhelming. But this is how this is how like deep like Eagles fans like we really travel. So like I'm walking through the Superdome, getting ready to get to my seat or whatever, and then off in the distance, all I hear is an E A G, and then it just gets louder and louder and louder. More people out of nowhere just like chanting the Eagles, and I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's go. And then, and then WrestleMania started. So, that joint was pretty dope. Yeah. It was a good time. Just, wrestling events is, like, some of the best things in the world. I also love, like, when I go with my friends and, like, we just be making up chants. Yeah. Yeah. And people follow along. Yeah. If it's cool, people going to rock with it. No. So, like, I remember, like, us getting on, like, the L after uh, the Tower Theater event. Yeah. And, like, we just agreed. Like, my, me and my two homies, we were like, all right, listen, when... No, it was on the orange line. Like on, after a wrestling, after a pay per view event, as soon as like that, as soon as that door closed, we're we're gonna do the new day. <laughs> and, like as soon as it came, oh, orange line! <laughs> Don't you and everybody jo- hopped so? in, yeah. as they should, yeah, as they should. That's yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's what that's what um people who are just like who don't understand like wrestling. Like they don't understand how like the like people are like yo how can you watch this on TV? I'm like oh, it's, on TV it's okay, but like you gotta see it in person. Like seeing yeah, it in person. It's one of those things where it's like if you're watching it live is completely different yeah. outer body experience. It's incredible. Because I remember the last one I went to Elimination Chamber for like the whole shutdown. I, I was there. Oh, you went to that one? Yeah. Oh. And like that was the last time like Undertaker was in the live crowd. Right. Yeah. So like my friend. Uh, he took like uh, his little his daughter with her, and like she saw like the Undertaker like live, and like she was going nuts. Yeah, and I'm like, and like everybody here was like, we you know like fans like we try to play. I'm like, man, I'm sick of these you know part timers. I'm sick of like Brock Lesnar. Nah, when their music hits, it's no, a different like, experience. When, like, when you hear the Undertaker gong during the AJ Styles Alistair Black match, everybody went nuts. Oh yeah, and like it was. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! For sure. Yeah. I remember um, one of the last ones I went to here in Philly. It was uh, right, but I think it was before WrestleMania 33 when Brock and Goldberg faced off. Yeah. Goldberg came out right. Yeah. Bro, I forgot about the pyro and like spilled my beer. Like I I definitely spilled my beer. But anyway, (laughs) Goldberg ran down the ramp and speared the mess out of Brock Lesnar. Yo, the crowd went insane. And the whole time I was hating, like calling him Oldberg. But as soon as that music hit and he and he yeah, that was that fun times, man. Yeah. Truly fun times. You got any uh Sixers moments? Oh, I got plenty. Yeah. Uh, I think but going back to before like I ended with WWE, I think one of also my favorite things is that going to the parking lot like after the events and like we just be calling out cuz I remember I was there, we was there the night after uh I think it was Backlash, mm-hmm. back when they had like it, it was AJ Styles first night as WWE champion. Okay. And like the main event was AJ Styles and like The Miz versus John Cena and Dean Ambrose. Yeah. We went to the parking lot 
And like every single time we see somebody came out, we give them a standing ovation, and like we just give like the chant, like "Please come over, <laughs> please come." Like and like Bray Wyatt just looked at us. He like he really wanted to come over and like dap us up, but like K but for, for him like kayfabe is still alive. Yeah, you got yeah you got to be. You got to keep like for him. Was, he has to stay in character. Yeah, so it's like he just like left, and like we could just tell like he just kept looking at us. We saw like a little smile on like yeah, but. Shout out to like James Edwards and like Natalia for like coming over and like you know dapping us up, taking That's pictures dope. and whatnot. That's dope, bro. Yeah. But uh, but this little kid, he grilled James Edwards. He was like, "How are you still alive after what Braun Strowman did to you?" I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" You this... know, kids be thinking it's real. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is peak Philadelphia, that gritty." Yeah, <laughs> funniest can be. My uh, my aunt, she actually put me on. To wrestling, she's eighty five. By the way, yeah. she used to like as a kid. I would watch it. The Monday Night War. She was a big TNT like WCW type person. So whenever we would talk, I'm like, I'd be like, Andy Vine, you watched the wrestling? She's like, Yeah, I watched it. But they ain't have to do him like that. Like they really tore him. I'm like, Well, Andy Vine, you know that it ain't like really real. She like, I know, but that man got a family. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's cool. I get it. Like she, she loves it. I remember like. I think the first real moments when I cried during like a wrestling moment was when the it's like when the NWO jumped the rock. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were too old for that, bro. I was I was eight. No, really? Yeah. Dang. You, you gotta remember, like you're four years older than me, man. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so like, all right, well, all right, all right, all right. I'll give you a pass. No, but it's like the rock was my favorite wrestler, so like watching him getting jumped. But like, oh, and they, and they, uh, he was in an ambulance, yeah, like, I'm like, and they rammed the truck yeah, into the ambulance. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I get I'm it. Like, at, I'm like, at that point, I thought wrestling was real. I'm like, oh my god, grandma, they killed the Rock. <laughs> but then, like, I saw like the Rock come out next week with like tape ribs. I'm like, huh? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. After he just got rammed by eighteen wheelers. Yeah, like, it makes no sense in an ambulance. <laughs> That's when you put two and two together. Yeah. Oh god. This I like, mean, I, I cried like. But I was old when I cried. Yeah. This is when Kobe Kingston won the WWE Championship. Oh, I, I cried, too. Yeah, I cried. Yeah, but like the moment where like I really bawled my eyes out was like when Eddie died. Oh, yeah. It, see, it, yeah, it hit me, too, but I don't know. It was just it was something weird. Like, I don't, I don't know. So it was like that weekend, I remember um, me and my cousins were playing the video games, like the wrestling video games, yeah. and I could not stop picking Eddie Guerrero. Like, this is before the announcement yeah. even came out. I'm hitting people with frog splashes, lasso from El Paso, like, you name it. I'm just going, I'm going nuts, right? But then, like, when it when it came out, I'm like, dang, that's wild. Like, yeah. not EG. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, me and, my, uh, me and my stepdad used to play SmackDown Raw all the time, so, like, he would pick, like, Fire. Eddie... And, like, I would pick, like, Ray. We used to have, like, classic matches between, like, those two. Yeah. Same with, like, Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. Like, we'd just be going in. It's just, like, watching and, like, realizing that, like, he's not going to be there, like, on our TV anymore. I'm just, like. It's crazy. Did you see the um the documentary? Uh, oh, what's that? It's the other one. With um, Dark Side of the Ring? Yes. Did you see that one, that episode uh, about Eddie? No, I didn't. Yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. I definitely would recommend checking it out because, like, Chavo's in it. Like, he talks about it and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it's good. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm making more of a habit of, like, you know, like, watching, like, different, like, sports take documentaries. Like, I've been watching, like, Emmanuel's, Emmanuel Ancho's stuff, like, uh, Uncomfortable Conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, you know what? I just watched his, uh, I don't know if it was recent, but it was the one he did with the uh, police. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that's Bruh, recent. That that one was pretty powerful. Yeah, it was. but he he was speaking facts. Like there was nothing that you know that he like said that you know where I was like mm, I don't know about you, but the one where he was like 
when um because the cop asked him about like how do you feel like when there's a black officer he's like oh that's different yeah he's like that's completely different he's like when i see a black officer the first thing that goes to my mind is like oh he black not that he's a cop but like when people like when people see a white officer it's not like oh he's white like no that's a cop you know what i mean yeah. so it's like the the tensions are automatically like different because you see that officer as being black before you see him as a cop which means he already knows your life experiences and et cetera, et cetera. yeah yeah, no, that's, I think that's the one thing dope. that really hit me about what that piece is that, like, when you're in, like, spaces that is mostly white, you look around for black people. It's like, yep. yeah. I'm just like, yo, that's how I felt, like, most of the time, like, I was in Millersville. Same. So, it's like, I'm just looking, I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, I, I, I see you. Yep. I see you. So, like, your cool. stuff, it, like it, it go, when it goes down. I ca- it's us. Yeah. It, it, it's the same way. It, but it, it's funny that he was able to put it in words. That's something I've never been able to do. But yeah. it's something that I've always done. First thing I do when I'm in, in, a, in an uncomfortable situation, I'm like, all right, who in here look like me? Yeah. And then as soon as I see somebody who look like me, I do a little head nod, do a little head nod back, and, you know, we know. Yeah, honestly, like, that's why, like, when, like, my years, like, when I lived off campus, I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere with, like, I'm like, I ask myself, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And they're like, yo, can you go to the spot with me? Right. Just to make sure that, like, well, if all else fails, I know that I have somebody that, I, I'm comfortable with mm-hmm. two who's just like me, and three somebody I can trust. Yep. That if something goes down, I know that you'll have my back to make sure I get home safe, and vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. No, I listen. I'm with you 100. Um, I'd say my the only difference for me is like my experiences growing up in in Lower Marion, like. I was accustomed to being around white people, so like, I, the, like, well, those type of white people, it's different. Like, those white people are like chill, like they're they're relaxed, they're not your yeah, cause Trump yeah, waving yeah, flags. Yeah, those yeah, are, I, I, there, there's levels to that. Yeah, there's there's definitely levels yeah, to that. Because as opposed to like Lancaster, like when I was working at Jacks, like I saw like Facts. students just wearing like those magnet hats, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm like, listen, I know you, and I'm just like, you're really wearing that. I'm like, because like when I see that, I'm just like, so this is how you feel. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Sadly, yeah. but hey, good thing um we did what we were supposed to do yeah. last Tuesday. Yeah, shout outs to listen. I don't care. We'll we'll, we'll PA for the blue. No, we saved Philip. We, no, yo, we saved it. We've been saving this joint since seventeen seventy six. Listen, we saved up. We saved up from the British. We saved you from Tom Brady, and we saved you from another four years of that's big facts. Yeah, yo, man. We, they, all right, we just need to be the uh, uh, nation's capital again. Yeah, I don't know why they left. Yeah, the, uh, Harrisburg. Yeah, all right. no, I'm talking about the nation's capital. You know, you know, Philadelphia oh, yeah. is the first nation's capital. Oh yeah, I'll be having the random statistics. Uh, unfortunately, uh, wrong wrong number. But uh, but, but now listen, we we need first of all, we need to be the capital of Pennsyl- uh, Pennsylvania again. Yeah. Like, like I don't know what Harrisburg is doing. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, they I mean, Harrisburg. They was blue. Yeah. We'll take them. Yeah, but we'll, we'll definitely take them. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh too. Yeah. It was blue. We'll take them. Yeah, some parts of Erie as well. I'm surprised that now I can visit Erie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know the places I was turning blue. I'm like, oh, I can go there. Yeah, it, it, might, it might not be had be it might not be had bad over there. Like, I love how like this election really was like, all right, cool. Like, so this is the this is the places I can go mm-hmm. and like, I'll, I'll be I'll be showing. I can finally go to Georgia now. Yeah. I can go to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to be in there. Yeah. Even though Atlanta been open. Yeah. And they a COVID hotspot. 
I might show my face. I, you know, might not sure be half I, bad over there. Sure, man, I got a birthday coming up, man. So hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, what's man. up? We we both, yeah, you know I mean, got a lot of free time. Yeah, man. You just gotta let me know. Yeah, Still don't know about Florida. I'm I'm, I'm worried. No, about no, 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 no. Fl- Florida uh, doesn't exist. Anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't wait till we just cut them off and they become like their own island. Yo, you ever saw that Bugs Bunny gift where it's like you yep. just got the saw, just yep. cut, cuts off, cutting floor. them off, cutting them off. Um, can we go to Arizona now? Is that official? Yeah. I, oh, I can go to Phoenix now. This is great. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all these new places that I can travel to and not be, you know, a little bit shaky. Yeah. We can, we can go to Michigan and uh, Minnesota now, too. Facts. All right. I'm down. Wait, yeah. Michigan, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I always wanted to go to Minnesota. I always wanted to check out that Mall of America. Yo, yeah, I, th- I think, is are they still number one in the world? I thought, I think, I think King of Prussia might have surpassed them now. Dang, really? Yeah, because King of Prussia's huge, bro. Like, King of Prussia's stores got stores. Like, it's that big. I've been to King I feel like, yeah, it's big. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's no joke, bro. I go to like, King of Prussia like, often. Thing, like, like, KOP, it's like, there's like one store, and then like, there's a walkway, and then like, there's another store. Yeah. So it's like, it's it be- not like all connected. It is, but it's like buildings. Yeah. Like they're, they're it's like it's like a mini town. Oh, I got bad. Listen, I, I got, I, I I got beef with KOP. Why? What happened to KOP? No, long story short, I did like a holiday job at Macy's. They they cut me a week before, uh, my assignment was over, and they didn't tell me why. Wow, that's messed up. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, I, I thought I was gonna get picked up full time, and I'm just like, no, we're letting you go because we got a complaint from a customer. I'm like. What the customers say about me, uh, I don't think that's important. I, I think it kind of is because you're kind of firing me right Big now. Big facts. I'm just like, I'm like, you, you're lucky that my grandmother raised me the right way because I would have <laughs> been out there just stealing. You know, shoot. One thing my grandma would say before she'd tell somebody off, she'd say, "I read you, write you, multiply you, divide you, and leave you with no sum." So yeah, good thing you ain't, you ain't go off on them like that because yeah. it would have been no good. But I love KOP. They got two oh, of my favorite spots out there. They got Fogo the Chow. Now, I don't go there that often because that joint is expensive. But <laughs> the main spot that I love out there, I got to go to. They got these banging grilled wings. Like these bang. Actually, no. I don't know what kind of wings they are, but they're amazing. City Works. Yeah. It's a new spot. They got like this little plaza yeah. out there. They got the little fire you can sit out there with. People be little little, little, little park out there. Yeah. It's my spot over there. I enjoy it. I need to go. Springfield Mall is still uh, my go-to. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with Springfield. Now, I go to their Macy's. I do hit their Macy's up. Yeah. Like, I go crazy at their Macy's. But other than that, I grew up on the Springfield Mall. I'm like, whenever I visit my grandmother, we would, we would just go there. I would just go there, buy brand new packs of Yu-Gi-Oh cards at the KB Toys. Oh, right? yo. I was I knew you were going to say that. How Yo, KB Toys used to be my spot. Yeah. Yo, that's where legit, like... All my Christmas cash went to KB Toys. Yeah. Especially the journal on 69th Street. Yeah. Just take all my money. Yeah. KB Toys is where you go because Toys R Us was just expensive. Yeah. And it was like far. Yeah. I feel like Toys R Us was always far. Yeah. Well, Toys R Us was all, always on that strip where like you go to Springfield. Yeah, yeah, yep. I do. Yep. That's where I used to go. <laughs> K- yeah, no. Nah, KB Toys definitely for the win. Yeah, no. Speaking, speaking of random, all right? Yeah. And all, along the lines of KB Toys. So I stepped in the five we, below. We, we, got three, we got three minutes. So <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I stepped in the five below today, right? Uh, it, that's my spot, too. Yo, I love five below. Five below for me is like Target for women. Let me tell you the most random things I walked out with today in five below. You, you walked out with some headphones, didn't you? I did not. No, I didn't walk out with headphones. I walked out with a diffuser, uh, a crossword puzzle. And uh, uh, um, another uh, cord for my iPhone charger. Those are the th- I was in love in there. I was about a, a to get crossword this crossword puzzle. Crossword puzzle, yeah. I don't know. I just, just, I just saw the crossword puzzle. I'm like, yo, I'm on it. 
You got a you got, you got you got a long commute ahead of you, man. So you just gotta do that. No, I just be thinking like I'm gonna listen. So my mindset with getting the crossword puzzle was like, all right, I'm gonna get away from the TV and the video games and stuff like that. Whatever, I'm just gonna sit down at the table, listen to some music, and do a crossword puzzle. That was my mindset. Okay. It. Shoot, I ain't even gonna lie. I was looking at coloring books, you know, just things to ease my mind. I'm subconsciously thinking of easing my mind so maybe maybe that's what happened so yeah, that's maybe I, that's why i got the diffuser yeah my phone's gonna be nice and charged and i'll be relaxed on crossword puzzles you know what i'm i'm not gonna knock the color book because that actually does sound peaceful it don't adult, it sound peaceful uh, adult coloring books is where it's at yo i was this close to buying a little incredibles 2 coloring book but i'm like man i don't want the story i just want a color yeah that's what I, I i think subconsciously i'm trying to ease my mind yeah and i think now that i've actually spoken about it Talking to you, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ease my mind. Yeah. So maybe I will go get that coloring book. And then, and of course, I got to tear up the candy section. Yeah. The, the candy section is just top tier. Yeah. And for me, stuff that would just relax me, uh, I'm just going to look for uh, definitely more podcasts, like neutral podcasts. Like, it gets tired of, like, watching people who, like, try to do, like, gimmicks on television. I'm over that. Yeah, that's I, all Instagram is. Yeah. And they be trying to, they be yelling all the time, thinking that they're funny. Okay, just because you're yelling doesn't mean it's funny. Yeah. And just because you're also laughing at the end of your jokes doesn't make you funny. You check out the Kevin Durant podcast? No, but that's. There you go. Yeah, so I am looking for, you know, recommendations. I got three right now. You can do the Kevin Durant podcast. Okay. All the Smoke. I I love All the Smoke. Yes. And um, Knuckleheads by Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. I love those because you get the NBA players, WNBA players, you get like their stories yeah and you know how it is in the league like the, the one of the main reasons i love the knuckleheads one the first question they at they ask is who is the first person to tear you up in a league and then it just goes in they're like man it was it was all boykins like something random <laughs> like that and, and that, that's why it'd be funny it'd be somebody random like wait Earl Boinkins killed you? Wait, he's five five. Exactly. <laughs> See, yeah, check it out. You're gonna, you're gonna like it. It'd be All random. Right. And uh, well, it looks like it's at seven o'clock hour. Uh, you're listening to Uptown Radio WJYN for Chris Thomas, Mark Thompson. You've been listening to the Red and Bass Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. You know it. We will see you next week, and don't forget, tune in two weeks from now, for one year anniversary show. It's our anniversary. Peace.